0: Hello, everybody, and oh, welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. It is November 18th. Oh, God, it's November 18th of 2021. And we are back again to talk about all things hockey. I am joined alongside one Mr. Endo Mills. Good morning,
1: or afternoon, or evening.
0: Hello. But when, Whenever you're listening to this show. And, of course, Sin is back here as well. Yes. Sin, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. You know, just
2: yeah, just doing yeah, some just, things, just hanging
0: in there, <laughs> just <laughs> hanging in there. Everything's fine. Uh, hey, you know, it, it's a good day for a hockey podcast because thankfully we have a lot to talk about, but not much to talk about at the same time. Because I mean, we recorded our last show on Monday. There were a grand total of two games that night, and then Wednesday night there was a grand total of three games. So shout out to Tuesday. You're gonna get all the attention in the uh, in the world. But when it comes to attention and losing your voice, ha, when it comes to attention, losing your voice, <laughs>
2: what was that? Is that dramatic enough? Ah, ah. <laughs> He's getting hit. That's a, that's straight up a sound clip from Oblivion. When you hit a Nord. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Stop right there. Straight up, no. It's Uh, like the most. It's horrible, but it's hilarious, and that's what's uh, good. Use (laughs) sound clip. But that's that's two you right there.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Please continue. (laughs) Speaking of attention, make sure you give yourself the proper amount of attention. We want to shout out our lovely sponsor of the podcast, of course, Manscaped. You know the deal at this point. If you have listened to this show. Code 2Gear Checkout. 20% off your order. Free worldwide shipping. Doesn't matter where you are. If you're in some f- far off land from Skyrim that I can't name because I haven't played that game in years. Or anywhere else. Sin, give me a give me a, a city name, a town name. Leowin. Yeah, that place. Or if you're in <laughs> Detroit. I don't know. Hey, hey wherever. Between between Leoway and Detroit. Whatever that hell. said. Leyaway. <laughs> Guess what? You now- <laughs> just go dig checkout, dude. The winter sales are coming up. You can't miss out on these great deals. Again, head over to Manscaped. Support them like they support us. Yeah, this time. And now, oh. this time,
1: no, no go ahead. ahead. This time, you can have shit in Detroit. There you go. Before it's usually you can't have shit in Detroit. You can have shit now. You can have it delivered to you. Manscaped and shit. Manscaped.com, use promo code Tuki, 20% off every worldwide shipping. Manscaped, your boss So thank you, and we thank Manscaped for staying with this podcast. Tuki, back to you.
0: And we thank all of you for listening to this podcast, especially those of you, here's this, how's this for a segue, uh, especially those of you that sent in uh, some viewer questions this week, because as I mentioned, not much to talk about, so we get to work in some viewer questions, and I am very excited about this because there are some doozies, some doozies, And we start off with friend of the show, one Mr. Flopfish. That is twitch.tv slash Flopfish, spelled the way you'd expect it to be spelled. Now, we'll be talking about the Vancouver Canucks a little bit later on, but as a Canucks fan, or at least uh, he might not want to be anymore, he does ask this Canucks-related question. Would the Canucks penalty kill be better or worse if the other team got to choose the players they had to start the penalty kill with? And given that the Canucks have a bottom three penalty kill, if I am not mistaken, I believe it was alongside Arizona and Winnipeg, which, what the hell? Yeah, that was the next question, actually. It was the uh, it was from AJ saying, Your thoughts on the Canucks, Jets, and Coyotes having the worst three PKs? Number one, Winnipeg's good, so that's surprising. The other two aren't surprising. That pretty much answers that question. The, I don't think the Canucks could be worse. I don't think it could be. And as we'll get into a little bit later on, you know, it's, it's probably been the worst it's been in Vancouver in a very, very, very long time. But the idea of <laughs> the team going on the power play, you approach their head coach and say, Okay, here's this team's first PK and their second PK. You get to pick which one they start with. Let's do that. Out of all the gimmicky shit the NHL has done in the past, I'm down for that. Let it be a real coach's advantage. Or not. It might be the dumbest idea I've ever heard of, but I kind of like it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, if I was on the other team, I would just, yeah. I, I, honestly, like I said, I, would, I, I think their penalty kill would be the same. Because if I was on the other team, I'd just say, yeah, send out whatever you're doing right now. We want to play against that because bottom three <laughs> is not that great. So uh, honestly, yeah, if the other team was forced to choose new players, it'd probably be better because quite simply, it can't really get a whole lot worse unless you're allowed to like just make Demko sit on the bench. Is that is it all the personnel or just which unit? Because <laughs> if it's all the personnel, yeah. I'll make them go five skaters, no goaltender.
0: Yeah, no, makes sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Demko is still the one bright spot to yeah. talk about. Oh, alas, poor team. Demko.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, I
1: think uh, for this one, I would uh, I'd I'd make <laughs> I'd make them put their 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 power play like four skater for the fenceman and then their goalies taking the face off draws.
0: Just just do that. Just I mean, technically, the, the question didn't say you couldn't do that. Yeah,
1: I mean, like therefore, like the goalie can't pass half. Right. So if it's in the if it's in the, the Canucks zone, that's an automatic penalty <laughs> four on four. Instantly solved, right there. Perfect.
2: Wait, no. If it's in the Canucks zone, you mean the other team's zone?
1: If it's in the Canucks, because the
0: goalie can't, and then pass it would now. go down to a five-on-three.
1: No, because they're on the they're on the they're on the penalty kill. The Canucks are on the penalty kill. The other team is on the power play, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So but if, if the faceoff's the, in the Canucks zone, the goalie can be there. He just can't. He can't pass the halfway point.
1: Yeah, no. He's taking the draw. Yeah. He's four center.
2: I, Where'd the automatic penalty come from? Yeah, that's what I. I th- he, he's talking about like if you're the cross yeah, he, he's he's confused. If he if he was in the offensive zone, yeah, he'd get a penalty because he's yeah. technically crossed the red line. Anyway, anyway, what, this next, next question we went, comes from John. This is stupid. <laughs> what are we doing?
0: Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Uh this next question comes from John, but today being the twentieth anniversary of the GameCube. Pardon me? Yeah. Yeah. World as fucked. yeah. All right, cool. I'm gonna go die. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we just hit 20 years of the OG Xbox, and yeah, now we've hit Ugh. 20 years of the GameCube. I wonder which if they're doing is... a 20 year Morrowind sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, god, I was hoping. <laughs> John did ask, What is your favorite GameCube game? And obviously, you can name multiple if you want. Um, I mean. Like, obviously, there are going to be certain GameCube games that, that stick out to everybody, right? For the most part. Whether it be, I mean, I imagine most people's experience, a lot of people's experience, maybe not most. But, like, even if you go with, like, the big ones of, like, Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime, uh, obviously Smash Bros. is up there. Like, it was a really goddamn good console. Um, for me, the ones that, that stick out, uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, fantastic game. Um, it was, it was, a, it was okay for sports games. I, I mean, I gotta be honest, the, uh, the WrestleMania 18 and 19 stand out for me as well, just because obviously it's like I was, you know, God, how old was I? 10, 11 when those games came out, so it makes sense. But, dude, the GameCube was a goddamn fantastic console, and I agree, now that I really think about how many great games it had and how much I played it, even though I never owned it. Me neither. That is the one console that I've never owned, Same. but one of my friends in the neighborhood had it, so I could just go over there and play it. So it worked out. Uh, I need to change that. I need to actually buy a GameCube and kind of build up that collection one of these days. But yeah, I don't know. Those are those are some that stood out for me. Endo, did you play any
2: GameCube games when you were in diapers? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
1: Um, I actually do have my GameCube here. I think it's actually behind me. Um, I think right now in there, there should be my copy of NHL 06, which is the greatest NHL game to be made. You can fight me on that. You know, once, you, you know, once. Yeah, that yeah. this game started I've been making
2: once. this argument for so long since they yeah. said we got this new game mode. I'm like, pardon me? No, uh. it's just online now. Yeah. It's
1: just online now. It's, it's so dumb. It's
0: like the idea of free-for-all, right? Yeah. Like NHL 05 and 04. I think 04 too, but definitely 05 had the free-for-all mode. And it's like, oh, they brought it back. And it's like, cool. That's that's basically, yeah, like you mentioned, yeah. ones or a modified version. Marketing. Yeah. All marketing.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> also, my other favorite game that I had there was uh, Super Mario Strikers. That was uh, the launch title for the console. Uh, I remember getting that. God, I was like was like seven or eight when I got my game y'all are old uh yeah. <laughs> no, but um it's it's a great console uh I remember playing that I played street po- street hoops, which was like a really really terrible version of basketball I
2: like street poops better street poops yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what I that's Set what played in San like. francisco street poops
1: <laughs> <laughs> um played a lot of um it was the sequel
0: the crazy
2: text yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I played the crap out of Sonic Riders. Um, Let me see what else I did play. Uh, NBA Street V3. uh, FIFA Street. Um, I didn't really get to play any of the Mario games on there. Mostly besides Mario Strikers and Mario Party. Uh, Besides that, that's really all I played when I was younger. I played some other stuff like Star Fox. I could go on for hours about the games I played. but Honestly, great console. Definitely uh, changed the generation. And... It's funny how we have this topic about it when Nintendo just announced that there's a new Smash tournament featuring Melee. Like twenty years and now they get it mm. they get a thing for them. That's like nuts.
0: Shows the longevity of that particular game though, doesn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: That's something that Nintendo's really done well is keep alive their universe. There's no other mm-hmm. like company out there who has a universe that's just that like long lived. They did so well at making good replayable games. They may not be like the best games on the planet, have the best graphics, but they unlocked the secret to good games. I don't give a fuck if they have bad, like, you know, good graphics. They're fun. You can play them with friends and mm-hmm. you can play them by yourself. And mostly they're replayable. So for me, yeah, yeah, the two games I played the most was NHL 06. That was one of the big ones. A lot of dynasty mode, as it was called back then. Um, every single every single line playmaker sniper grinder you get all that chemistry boost yeah by the way chemistry is not new kids okay chemistry yeah, that was is new not either. new <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't let them yeah, don't let them They're like, hey, fool you we took away chemistry but now you get phones at deadline day and then they took that away too God. and then they brought back trade deadline so day.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: nhl God. 06 and then um i played a shit ton of super
2: smash melee um those are the two mm. games that i really really remember honestly i had a lot more nostalgic uh experiences with uh nhl i'm sorry n64 which was like the generation before that as kind of makes sense as i'm older than both of you but uh yeah i'm just gonna talk about some of those games because i only listed two endo listed about 1500 so yeah Fox 64 (laughs) incredible and also this Mm -hmm. beauty battle tanks and if you haven't played battle tanks for n64 If you haven't played, played
0: Queen I thought, Lord, I thought you were gonna say Battletoads. Battletoads, oh, no, no, I never played oh, that. God. No,
2: Battle Tanks, and then man, what else
0: for N sixty four, dude? It was like
2: Obviously, everything. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was so good.
0: Like, um, I mean, again, I, I did very much grow up with yeah. that console, despite you being a little bit older than me. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, my God, we could sit hard. here and wax poetic. I remember, N64. remember when I got it for Christmas,
2: dude. Oh, I got that like <clears> see, <throat> the see-through <laughs> green
0: one. With Donkey Kong and like, yeah, it was and the
1: expansion pack and the plug-in that actually played. Yeah, the what goddamn the fuck thing. was
2: up with that? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I never understood that as a kid either. Oh, we don't
1: have enough power. <laughs> I remember at launch.
0: I borrowed a copy of Donkey Kong '64, and you couldn't it didn't play give it? me the yeah. adapter part, so you couldn't even play it. That shit's not oh, the get out. Holy!
1: I remember going to my cousin's place, just trying to take it out. was like, "Don't touch it." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." <laughs>
2: God damn! Army men too. Uh, Played oh a lot of that.
0: man, Army Man. That was good too. Sarge Heroes so was really good too. Just the concept of like hey, let's let's have the the plastic toy army men, but they have their own yeah. video game. And my favorite Mario
2: Party, we played it with the cousins all the time, Mario Party 2. That one fucking elite. Yes. Mario yep. Party 2 is the best one. Yeah. That's Granted, why
0: I'm enjoying Mario Party Superstars so much right now, Party. the vast majority of games from Mario Party 2 are in that particular one. And yeah, no, that is that is the Mario Party yeah. of all Mario Parties. Yeah,
2: and of course, Hands Mario down. Kart 64, in my opinion, is the Mario Kart of all Mario Karts. It might just be because that's what I started on and grew up with, but, you know.
0: No, no, no. I, I agree. Great. I agree. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll cut us off there because yeah. I think We're gonna we are could keep, have an yeah, entire podcast going. about yes. the 64 and the GameCube. <laughs> Bottom line is, even if Nintendo, they don't drop their prices on any games fucking ever, you know, for the most part, they're going to hold up. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of the old, a lot of stuff from 20 plus years ago now is... Uh, it still holds up incredibly well. Unlike, unlike this, though, and I think that's a good kind of transition, Braden asked yes. the question, if you could say one nice thing about your rival, what would it be? And I, I make that transition because it's, oh, some things hold up, others don't. Obviously, 20 years ago, the Bruins' main rival is the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know who would be considered the Bruins' biggest rival right now to even answer this question. I think obviously you could say it's always going to be the Habs, but I really don't feel like the Bruins-Habs rivalry has been all that heated since the Habs bounced the Bruins in the playoffs six years ago, and Milan Lucic threatened to kill Dale Weiss in the handshake line. (laughs) Like that's the that happened, by the way. I remember that. Um, That's that's the last time anything really happened between the Bruins and the Habs, and that was a long. A long time ago. That might have. God, when the hell, when the hell was that? It might was it twenty. It was twenty fourteen. Yeah, I thought Iginla so. was there. Wasn't that he? Was seven years ago. Hmm. Yeah, Ginla was there at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 He was because wow. he uh, he was chasing. He showed cup. up a year later than he should have. Uh, had he had he originally showed up, he uh, would have gotten a chance in the cup final. Um, yeah, I like. I guess. Oh, God, hold on one second. Why is Evander Kane trending on Twitter? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, boy. Oh, he's trending because Antonio Brown of the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks also turned into fake uh, vaccination. God car. fucking <laughs> damn it! Of course. Did, anyway, we'll, we'll leave that. <clears throat> we'll leave that there. I thought maybe something actually happened with Vander Kane, but people are calling it that AB pulled in Vander Kane. So, there you go. There's your legacy. Hey, look, hockey's um, relevant again.
1: This is not what we yeah. wanted by press! God! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair. Um... Like I feel like you could say the Leafs are maybe I was going to say that yeah biggest rival, but also in a way it is it no offense isn't much of a rivalry. Like I don't think Leafs fans view it as a rivalry more as they just view it as Big Brother dunking their head in the toilet. <laughs> I think it's a rivalry on the sole purpose that you in the
2: last few years you faced each other numerous times in the playoffs, and it's always been yeah. it's always gone the distance most of the time, and it's always been bloody so to speak, and it's always been a lot of heat between I don't know. I guess that that's, th- what, that's how I view it. Like, there's a point in time where the Kings were the Sharks' biggest rivals. There's a point in time where the Ducks were the Sharks' with biggest rivals. Like, it's it kind of fluctuates, and it just, in my opinion, matters on how much you've played in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like the I, I brought up Toronto because it's kind of the inverse where you could also argue Tampa, but that rivalry has been incredibly one sided with Tampa getting the better of Boston at yeah. every turn. So I really don't know <laughs> who I would put as the Bruins biggest rival because I mean not that a rivalry has to be a back and forth it can be one side getting the better of the other to make those wins that the team that normally gets pooped on make those you know makes those wins mean that much more but the Leafs really haven't beat the Bruins like they have in the regular season but as Endo will tell you he doesn't give a shit Um, and you know the Bruins have beaten the Lightning in the regular season but come playoff times if those two teams meet Tampa has their number So, I really, I don't know. Um, If there's, uh, if it were to be Montreal, to answer the question, the nicest thing I could say about Montreal is, um, (sighs) the nicest thing. This is hurting you a lot. uh, Your your GM has very big biceps.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right, so you go first.
2: All
0: right. Well, clearly, we all
2: know who the shark's biggest rival is. Themselves. I was about to say, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. Mark Edwards Vlasic's contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brett Burns. Is I was actually going to un- think likes. of an ex-
2: obscure name, but, uh, but that's fine. You guys already got bigger things. Yeah. Um. This is extremely difficult because I, I I legit almost hate everything about this franchise and the way it's run. Um. Fair. Later if on. I had to say one nice thing. Um, it's the most dead air of the shows I've <laughs> <ever> Yeah. <had. laughs> it's, um, it's tough, isn't it? It's extremely tough because I'm trying to think of something
0: that, like, it's like, yeah, everyone, yeah Now, now who's the team. biggest rival? Because I view, obviously, it's either Anaheim, LA, or Pittsburgh. <laughs> because fuck you, Pittsburgh. Well, it's Vegas. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I was like, wait that's a sec. Fair.
2: Yeah, I was like, it's it's totally Vegas because, you know, in fourth playoff series, Vegas, all the bad blood in between them. Kind of cooled down in the past, but, I mean, the Sharks haven't been in the playoffs. I mean, but it's still there. Every time they play, they fucking hate each other. And, yeah. um, Honestly, the nicest thing I could – I don't know. Fucking hell. Uh, you figured out Reeves couldn't actually play hockey. um. All right, you know what? They've done a good job of making trades. They've they've gotten good value for the f- few amount of assets they had. That being said, you are going to suck in 5 years and I cannot wait.
0: <laughs> there. That's nice. I stopped. There a, you
2: go half
0: of a compliment and, uh, sandwich the nicest thing you can say about the biggest arrival of the Toronto Maple Leafs which I, I who is it Ottawa Boston Montreal themselves the media Edmonton I'll Vancouver
1: st- I'll start this really uh, real, I, I got like a formal letter dear first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs you're very entertaining I appreciate you you always make sure they give us seven games of opportunity and fantastical views on everything. But at the same time, we 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 are like Ray Whitney skating behind the net with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in net, tripping over a two-by-four. We always land flat on their face and end up blowing it in the seventh game. To that, I hate you, but I love you. Sincerely yours, the entirety of the Maple Leafs, Franchise, fan base, and everyone who had uh, losers and '67 tattoos on their arms, which is the thing. Yeah,
0: that's the best choice, by the way. Yeah, first <laughs> round, main rival of the Leafs.
1: Because I don't want to say Ottawa, because like they're just like <laughs> they're down there. I don't want to say the Habs, because realistically, we're kind of we're, we're really above them. Yeah. Say yeah. Totally. The fact that the Habs really see it. The Habs. <laughs> the fact that the Habs have. Uh, the I think this, this is this is off the record, but this is an article I talked to Tugi about uh, before the show. The Premier of Quebec is speaking to the NHL uh, to try and get more Quebecois players on the Montreal Canadiens because last year, uh, on May May 2021, was the first time in like their history that there was not a single Quebecois-born player on their roster. And they freaked out, and it is French nationalism at its finest, and I and I love it so much. It's so it, there's nothing there's nothing more than French salt, and that's sel. I love sel. S e l is how you say salt in French. So give me all the sel.
0: And those language lessons. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's, brand that's the segment.
0: stupidest thing that I, I just never will understand about that <laughs> oh, yeah. franchise. You got you to bring back who... the glory days of getting first crack at all the great yeah. young talent out of Quebec until the NHL draft ruined it. And then look at what happened. They, I mean, they still did well and didn't have all Quebecois teams. But no, it's got to be all Quebecois. The coach has to speak it. The GM has to speak French. Everything's everything. It's. Uh, I don't understand it either. Yeah,
1: I, I was gonna say they, you know, they drafted Logan Mayu. It's yeah. but he's from Lakeshore, Ontario.
0: <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he sounds French. At least he sounds like it, though.
1: <laughs> he's, he's in our backyard. Oh Lord.
2: Yeah, cool. even it's even worse now because they yeah. they didn't even grab a guy who is true French Canadian, just has a French name. Yeah, and he's a uh, you know, a sexual criminal. I mean uh, yeah. yeah, legally. Yeah, legally. <laughs> r- r- reminder. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they always God.
1: love to grab people if they aren't French if they sound French. Max Pacioretty sounds kind of French. He's
2: American.
0: And then they do grab Mac- somebody Pacioretty French Pacioretty like the sounds great
2: Italian though.
0: Pacioretty? I mean, yeah. yeah. New
1: York, New York
0: Italian. Like fresh. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sound uh it's it's not a John Merrill type you know yeah. like oh yeah no there's something there's something going on with patch already he, he could be i get what like i just saying i can say john um, madden. i was like
1: yeah john madden yeah football yeah football <laughs>
0: <laughs> <But if you're... laughs> i was gonna say and then they do draft someone french canadian like louis leblanc and uh, look at how that worked out so hey go ahead to the Premier of quebec you go right ahead you do you yeah I'm perfectly fine with not watching that team make it back to a cup final anytime soon. Thank you very much. Now, that question would have been the perfect segue into actually talking about hockey, but hey, we don't do things with common sense around here all the time. Uh, So our final question comes from Devs. Which is the worst feeling of the two? Getting food stuck in your teeth, but the only way to get it out is using your tongue, or when you were going to say something but forgot what it was and you just can't quite remember it? I'm going to go with the second one. That is the worst goddamn feeling in the world, is just forgetting what you were going to say and spending the next one to 15 minutes trying to remember, if not remembering like three days later uh, or, you know, three hours later and going full George Costanza with it. So, yeah, no, I'm going with that second one. What's
1: with devs and tongues? Like both of these things involve tongues in some sort of way.
2: I, I Hey, don't shame. Yeah, don't don't kink shame me Lisa.
1: <laughs> i'm glad none of you saw that you'll see it on the podcast when we look at the recording too. you'll be like what the fuck <laughs> tongue flutter oh <laughs> answer
0: the question
1: uh, i think uh the food food sucks uh especially when it's in your teeth um and it's stuck there the worst one is um i got a cavity filling when i was like seven and like that fell out when i was like 14 or whatever. I think I was picking at it. I didn't know what the fuck it was because I forgot that I went to a doctor's. I went to a dentist appointment because I haven't gone in a long ass time. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Jeans, for good uh, dental uh, hygiene and health. And I, I, I put it out. And now food gets stuck back there. And, like, I, I, I hate it. I hate it so much because it'll just bother me when, I, when I'm when i trying to speak. It's just like a big... It's, it's, like, it's like in the tooth. And I'm like, how the fuck?
2: How? Fuck.
0: So Sen, are you gonna go into as much detail? No.
2: Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. No, I go for it. Yeah, it's I don't know. And food's stuck in my teeth. That's like whatever. It's a challenge. But it's not, yeah, when you when you want to say something, then you forget what it was that it cause that's that's such a psychological mind fuck. Like it, you, you actually will legitimately get annoyed at yourself and actually mad at yourself, and like it'll you'll rack your brain. And the harder you think at it, the farther away you get. And that is, yeah, that's That's got to be one of the worst feelings, like for sure. Eh, physical stuff, whatever. The, the food will come out eventually. Sometimes you never remember what you were going to say and it gets lost. And who knows? It might have been – and you think back on it. It might have been the, the most like inspirational thing. To ever be uttered that would have launched your life in a completely other direction. Now you won't know what it is. You'll spend the rest of your life in a gutter with an empty bottle next to you, cardboard box around you, in the rain. And I don't know. It's uh,
0: yeah. Tuki twenty four on Twitter, and uh, also join us on Discord if you want your questions answered. Because you never, you never quite know what you're gonna get, huh? Yeah. <laughs> never quite know. Uh, with that said, hey, we're getting to actually talking about some hockey here, as we do. And again, we'll start off on Tuesday night, which, uh, again, didn't have a whole hell of a lot to talk about. There was, or uh, excuse me, Monday night, uh, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot to talk about. For some reason, I'm like, oh yeah, we used to record on Tuesdays and Fridays, and now we're doing Mondays and Thursdays. It's fine. Uh, but on Monday, yeah, the Lightning beat the Islanders 4-1, to uh, highlighted by the fact that Zidane O'Chara fought Pat Maroon uh, right off the opening draw and then kind of cross-checked Boris Kachuk in the back of the head, and then Kachuk got a single-leg takedown on him while the ref was also hauling on Char's back to try and get control of the situation. Uh, Point his sixth goal, Stamkos his eighth, Barzal, his fourth goal of the year, had the lone goal for the Lightning. Uh, And then the Blue Jackets beat the Red Wings, 5-3. Boone Jenner goal update, he has seven on the year. It pisses me off to no end. That he continues to outperform so many people. <laughs> God damn it, Boone Jenner. Uh, and then Adam Boakvist, the lovely Seth Jones trade, scored his first goal uh for the Blue Jackets, and uh Chinnikoff also scored his first for Columbus for the Red Wings. Dylan Larkin scored his seventh. Uh good old Lucas Raymond scored his seventh of the year as well. Seventeen points in seventeen games for Raymond. Uh, are we are we calling the uh are we calling the Calder race already? It's Raymond or Cider. Like it it is at this point, we are we are like just over a month into the season, and I think it's fair to just call that race as it is. It's over. There's no congratulations to the Detroit Red Wings for winning the Calder Trophy, one way or another. I I don't see anybody else who's even in the conversation. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have we we've hyped up Lucas Raymond obviously on this show because how could you not? But at this point, what's there left to say?
1: Yeah, I was actually going to ask this to you guys uh, before the podcast. Like, when is it a good time to call something, especially in hockey, when you never really know how things are going to turn out, unless you're like a, a landslide away. Uh, like, when you when do you see is a perfect time to say, "Yeah, this is going to be a result." Like, ten games in, twenty games in, thirty games in. Uh, what do you guys? What's your guys' take on
2: that? I like I like ten to twenty. In my opinion, that's an entire NHL season. Oftentimes, things don't change that drastically between 10 and 20 games. You'll see a team generally, how they play the first 10 games is 20 games, you know, is how they play the majority of the season. You know, the rare outstanding ones have been like the Blues when they just completely turn their shit around and won a cup. But that's so freaking rare, incredibly rare. Yeah, the Habs made it to the cup, but that was also weird circumstances where they didn't necessarily turn the season around. They just made it into this, you know, tournament setting. So, yeah, that's mine. 10 20 games.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're talking about the standings, right? Like, obviously the Blues kind of flipped everything upside down. Um, And then obviously, yeah, like Lucas Raymond, I'm not putting this evil out there, Red Wings, but, you know, Red Wings fans, but something could happen. You never quite know. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to call it too early. But in saying that, Basically the idea is if things continue to go the way it's going, yeah. it's one of those two players. Literally you're saying barring injury. Yes. It's bas- one of yeah, those yeah, two exactly. players. Exactly. Yeah, and you you would be correct. Um, Tuesday. We'll go over to Tuesday. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Nashville Predators three to nothing. Jack Campbell with the shutout. Endo smiling. Matthews his seventh, Marner his fourth. Endo, any thoughts about this particular game before we talk about something else Leafs related? It
1: wasn't a like a crazy game where I had to sit on my ass and be like, "Oh my god, are we gonna win?" It was just bam, execution, perfect execution. Um, good work overall by the team. Campbell with the shutout, uh, just chef's kiss.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's okay to view that and play more of those games. Yeah. Uh, you know, for you, I think would make you. Uh, A happy boy. Just throughout the... (laughs)
1: Yes, please. I don't want to sit here and complain about how my boys are just, uh, you know, fucking around. Uh, Get the shit done so that way you can go celebrate later.
0: There you go. Now, we have also gotten word that a Maple Leafs legend has officially retired, everybody. Dion Phaneuf has called it a career to the surprise of absolutely nobody at this (laughs) point. Uh... (laughs) Well, I mean, he hasn't played in like two or three years at this point. So he held on for a while. Uh, He was the ninth overall pick in 2003. No bits of NHL hardware, but he does have a World Junior Gold Medal and a uh, World Championship Gold Medal. He finished third in Calder voting behind Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin in the 05-06 season. Former NHL All-Star. Countless highlight reel hits. Countless highlight reel shots. His shots were so must see that he could miss the net, and you'd still have to see what happens because he'd break the glass or make a ridiculous dent in the boards. Uh, and he also captained the Toronto Maple Leafs during one of the worst stretches in that team's history. Now, people could call it revisionist history. You could also view it as well, looking at it with hindsight. The way I view Dion Fanof as someone who wasn't a fan of the team, is obviously his time in Calgary, he was looking fantastic. And then he was brought into Toronto and was essentially asked to play a role that didn't fully, you know, embrace the positives of his game. They almost tried to mold him into something that he wasn't, and surprise, surprise, he didn't look as impressive in that way. They didn't exactly have, like, I've seen a lot of Flames fans mention this as well. It's like, oh, yeah, when he was in Calgary, who was he paired with? Robin Regeer, who just sat back and said, go ahead, Dion, essentially be a fourth forward. And wow, what do you know? He'd score 20 goals a season and would look fantastic. And then he goes to Toronto and it's like, no, you got to be the prototypical all-around number one defenseman leader on the team. And wow, what do you know? Dion Phaneuf wasn't quite that. So, it honestly kind of fits the, the build of some of the critiques Morgan Riley's gotten over the past couple of years. Where it's like, hey, guess what? Yeah, Morgan Riley isn't that all-around number one defenseman. But if you let Morgan Riley be this ridiculous offensive threat that he is, oh, what do you know? He looks great. So, I mean... Obviously, like there are some people who are dumb enough to be like, "Oh, he's one of the worst captains in history." I disagree. He captained one of the worst couple of teams in Leafs history, but that's not on him. And all in all, I I hope at this point, you know the the viewpoint of him has turned around within the Leafs fan base, and they can sort of embrace Dion Phaneuf. I mean, again, there's not a ton of success to embrace, but. I'd hate to think that there's still, like, a, an egregious amount of hate and vitriol his way. Like, I think he he was fine for the circumstances that they put him in.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so as well. I didn't get to watch the game, so I wasn't really sure what the sentiments were inside the arena. I haven't ever seen a honoring event where the player has been booed. So, hopefully, nothing happened. Uh, I mean, we would have obviously heard about it, so I guess nothing did happen in that sort of sense. I do feel like uh, the Leafs still have an issue of not utilizing defensemen the way they were built up. Uh, like, Morgan Riley is a offensive first defenseman, like you said. And having him play like a all around kind of style is not going to work. You need to have someone who's going to be able to play back and set while this guy goes up. Kind of like when I play initial and I play D, but I mostly play like second fo- second center and just skate around the fucking ice all over the place. You got to have someone back there just hunker down so that way you can make those rushes and everything.
0: So, I I sat there uh, while you were I sat here and while you were, were talking, I googled Dion Phaneuf pairings. And the first headline is um, the pairing of Dion Phaneuf and Jake Gardner could be a dynamic one. Yeah, that 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 was viewed as a good idea, was potentially pairing two offensive defensemen like that together. The second result from November of 2017, Dion Phaneuf and Cody Cece must be split up. Boy, yeah, you, you don't say. And granted, that's when he was with Ottawa, but case in point, yeah no Cody CeCe's is going to be the the defensively responsible guy that's going to allow Dion Phaneuf to flourish. Um god there there's multiple uh from January 2015 let's face it the pairing of Phaneuf and Franzen <laughs> well offensive, well strong offensively isn't the best defensive unit for sure. <laughs> like how how was Dion Phaneuf supposed to succeed August of 2015 Dion Phaneuf, Mike Commissarek reunited, so I guess that was the plan. <laughs> I guess that was the plan heading into the next season was Mike Commissarek. Commissarek! Cool, I, how, oh, 2015, Phaneuf Hunwick to lead Maple Leafs defense pairings.
3: <laughs> Matt
0: fucking Hunwick! <laughs> what was he supposed to do? Oh. Seriously.
1: My guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love when Sin just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm loving this right now. <laughs> God. Like, it, oh it feels God. like he was set up to, for failure here in the Leafs with the Trauma Beliefs. It was kind of like, oh, we need a, like, a flashy name to help this team out because they're not star-studded enough. We have no guy, bring him in. It's, it's literally exactly what Brian Berg said he did when he grabbed Phil Castle. Our team's gonna be bad, but we have a guy who can put in seats. We have a guy who can put put pucks in the net. That's great. Meanwhile, the team's doing absolutely terrible. Like, God, I'm glad that the franchise is waking up a little bit under the Dubas and Shanahan Shanahan plan. But at the same time, do we really have like a defensive defenseman on the Leafs roster? No, it's a bunch of guys who are mostly two way, and I think that's the issue that they need to work on is finding. Uh, defensive defenseman and we've already traded away how many fucking first round picks. So the chance of us grabbing a first round, first round worthy defenseman has gotten a little bit like slow beyond the years. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Sin, I don't know if you have any takes yeah. on Dion Phanof at this point, but um, uh, it's more of an overall it's, it's
2: to me. It's just symptomatic of, of the Leafs mentality. Um, they, 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 they buy – at that time especially, they weren't necessarily um, getting pieces on a team. They are buying players. Um, I'll send kind of mm. kind of to quote Moneyball. Moneyball your team – your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. What they did, they saw Dion Phaneuf. They saw this star, and we're going to make him a star. We're going to bring him to Toronto. He's going to be a star. That's simply not what Dion Phaneuf was. He was a great player. Could have been a star. Could have been one of the better offensive defensemen in there. But what, what do you need for a good offensive defenseman? You need someone to shut things down. Like, you know, yeah, it's the same thing with
0: Francois Beauchemin. Yeah. Every year, <laughs> oh
2: like, every year that Brent Burns has succeeded at, or really been able to go on off, he's had a tremendous partner. Like, the first year that Paul Martin was brought onto the Sharks, Brent Burns could just do amazing things. Like, um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're going to have that guy who's going to be this, like, you know, pure offensive, offensive threat, you cannot take someone there. You can add other elements to their game. But the second they started expecting him to be that and the expectations on him, then putting, you know, putting, did they put the C on him immediately or did that take like a year? I believe Immediately? Like when they got there, like, hey, yeah, here's a C.
1: And, like, there you go, and it's like, like, great, thanks.
2: Yeah, so you put that kind of pressure on him, the media pressure, uh, mm-hmm. the pressure to literally be the number one, and and when you haven't done that, um, to to literally develop this other aspect of your game, or you're going to get your ass t- torn up by the media, like, all that stuff.
0: Um, Dude, so, sorry to interrupt, no, but, like, 2009, 2010 was when that trade happened. So he played 55 games for Calgary, gets dealt to Toronto. He wore an A after being acquired by Toronto over the course of 26 games, he at least wore a letter yeah. already for that team. Like instantly, they're just like, yep, nope, this is this is our guy, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, again, I think that just is
2: goes to show like the, the expectations that were put on him and not like it just maybe wasn't who he was. Not to say that he's not a good leader, but it's the fact being that the second he gets there, he's expected to step into that role. He's expected to change his game without the same sort of supporting cast. And like, yeah, that I think that was tough for him. Not to say that he didn't develop a pretty decent at times kind of defensive games, but it just for him to, to do that. It look, look what happened to his point production. It took a yeah. huge, huge, massive hit.
0: Yeah, so his his best season in Calgary had 60 points in 0708. Also had 182 penalty minutes that season. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> which is awesome. that's a large man. Um his best point total as a Leaf was 44. Not uh, bad in but 2011, yeah. 12. Yeah. So I mean you, you know, you talk about the issue there too, right? Like Matt Sundin plays his final season as a Leaf in 2007-2008. They go two years without a captain, and then, bam, Dion up in his first full season as a Leaf is replacing Matt Sundin as captain.
1: Some big skates to fill.
2: He definitely did.
0: No and also, you're no longer, you know, on this Flames team. At the time, they were that, going to the playoffs constantly, too. Yeah. Like, for the Flames, though, it's like, okay, Jerome McGinley's the leader on this team. But also on the Flames, you look at who was the top. Who are the top four defensemen on that Flames team the year Dion Phaneuf was traded? Oh man, it was obviously Dion, Robin Regeer, Jay Bomeister, yes. and Mark Giordano.
2: Jesus, well, Gio, yeah, yeah, yeah he
0: Gio. didn't have to be the guy on that team. And granted, Mark Giordano wasn't quite yet what he'd be known as a Norris winner, yeah. but Bomester uh, he was, was the phenomenal nominal back then. Yep, Yes. he was he was really incredible. good like incredibly underrated was Jay Bumester through uh, a decent amount of his career to be yeah. honest. He didn't have to be the number 1 guy, right? So again, Gio Bumester Fenouf Regier, that was the top 4 on Calgary when Dion Fenouf was traded I there. couldn't tell you who was defense on the Leafs when Fenouf got there. Well, that's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, his God, first, God, do you want yeah. do you want the Leafs defense that he joined up oh, with yeah. or his first full season on the Leafs, what was his defense? Give us both. Okay, so uh, 20 2009-2010, uh, Dion Phaneuf again was traded from Calgary to Toronto. If you don't remember the full details of the trade, it was Freddie Schustrom and Keith Ollie, uh also coming over oh to Toronto God. in exchange for Jamal Mayers, Nicholas Hagman, Matt Stajan, and Ian White. Okay, so well, Toronto we won st- the trade. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's you Matt Stajan that. versus Dion Phaneuf and how you view it to, to who won that. But the Leafs' defense uh, that Dion Phaneuf joined up with uh, for the rest of 2009-2010, the top four scorers, Thomas Caberlet, towards the end of his career, obviously, like he'd only really play, what, one more season? He got traded to the Bruins the next year. Uh, Ian White, Francois Beauchemin, Luke Shen, and Carl Gunnarsson. Phaneuf outscored uh, 39 games worth of Jeff Finger. Um he also outscored 51 games worth of Garnet Exelby and 34 games worth of Mike God. Um and then the next year, his first full year in Toronto, and again, we, we mentioned P.A. Parento last show. Uh this was a little bit before P.A. Parento, but kinda of those type of players that were on this team. Here was the Leafs defense in Dion Fanof's first full year as a member of the Leafs. And Phaneuf also only played 66 of the 82 games that year due to injury. Uh, Thomas Cabrera was the leading scorer. Then Dion, Luke Shen was still there. So that was before the JVR trade. Carl Gunnarsson, Francois Beauchemin, and Mike Komisarek. You also had 41 games of Brett Lebda and 40 games of Keith Ollie. <laughs> like, so uh, again, he goes from in being insulated by Regeer Boehmeister, and Giordano to you are the guy and your supporting cast. Is an old Thomas Caberlet, Luke Shen, and Carl Gunnerson. But it's Dion Phaneuf's fault. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah. That's that
2: again, and that comes from it. What the point I was making is that the it, the it's very much a superstar culture. Like they don't they don't look at what what may be happening with the rest of them. It's like oh superstar, we brought you here to be a superstar. Oh you're not a superstar, too bad. We expect that out of you. It's your fault. And, like, you know, they didn't look at what else was it, – it, it's insane. And it, that's, that's kind of crazy. It never
0: really got better either because nope. it's like, well, think about who joined that defense corps over the next couple of years. Jake Gardner, which, again, Jake Gardner I, – I don't hate Jake Gardner as a player, but everyone knows that like, Jake Gardner was also a more offensive defenseman, yep. similar to Dion Phaneuf. Uh John Michael Lyles. <laughs> Cody Franzen would join up. Uh, on that defense, and then I mean, God, you get into some of the guys that were plugged into that lineup over the years. Uh, Endo, how, how does Mike Koska and Mark Frazier? Oh my Frazier was—he's basically just a fucking Frazier. enforcer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: eventually, how does Paul Ranger and Tim Gleason oh, sound? I want
1: to forget those names. God damn it! Like, obviously
0: eventually like Morgan Riley joined up with the team. But then there's the Roman Polak, Stefan Robidock, Corbidian Holzers of the world. Uh,
2: We're the biggest yeah. people who are guilty of thinking a physical defenseman is a shutdown defenseman. All those guys you list, like the Rangers, the Polaks, like even Gleason. How about
0: 18 games of Eric Brewer? Well, look
1: at the coaching during that time period. You had Paul Maurice, Ron Wilson, Randy Carlisle, and and then obviously things change over with Check, and then Good the Good one, Randy. Yeah. Great play, Randy.
0: God, it's just you look back at some of these defenses that Fanof was a part of, and again, even after they drafted Morgan Riley, Fanof was still supposed to be the guy. FNUF was supposed to be uh the the Giordano or the bow to Morgan Riley's Dion Fanof from the time. And it's just there was never that insulation. And again, I get I get that the idea was oh, Dion is supposed to be the guy. But they didn't really put him in a position to allow him to be the guy like you I think Sin hit the nail on the head like you you didn't get Dion enough to be like Yes, here is the piece. Here is the player We're gonna mold him into what we need him to be and that wasn't Dion enough So I think Dion had a fantastic career um, unfortunately his his legacy in hockey is going to be tied to the failures of the Leafs around that time, but I do not view that as T Fenuff's fault <laughs> uh in, in the slightest. Like I, you know. I think he was put into a very, very unfortunate situation, and there's only so much you can do in terms of making the best of it, right? Yeah. So, as well, uh on Tuesday, again, Tuesday was the uh, the big day of the week for us so far. Uh, the Florida Panthers beat the New York Islanders 6-1. to So the Panthers struggles. They finally kind of get things going again. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, Aaron Eckblad, both scoring their fifth of the year. For the Islanders, boys, uh, Kyle Palmieri scored his first of the year. I didn't even know he was there. Without looking it up, Damn. let's play the Price is Right closest without going over game. Do you know how much the New York Islanders are paying Kyle Palmieri? Can you name Kyle Palmieri's contract? Six
3: Uh,
0: mil. I'm going to say 5.65 per. Well, you both went over. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, in fairness, he is on a $5 million deal. $5 million deal. A $5 million cap hit with three years left. This season... He has six points in thirteen games, okay. and again, that was his first goal of the year. Check the assist As, this time,
2: <laughs> so we <didn't>. yeah. <laughs> I, I checked the assist.
0: Don't worry, I learned. But he has thirty regular season games played with the Islanders in just ten points. But you're talking about someone who would almost routinely put up fifty points during his time with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Now he did have nine points in 19 games in the playoffs last year. Seven goals. That's still not worth five. I do not blame Islanders fans for being very, very concerned that Kyle Palmieri essentially hit age 29, 30, and straight down the straight down the tubes there. Like that's yeah. very, very concerning. And you're talking about a team now that is five, six, and two, and they are going to be without arguably, I would say probably their best defenseman in Ryan Pulock, who's going to be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, on top of that, you had. Another injury occur in the game, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I recommend you you look it up here, but I did break this down on stream the other night. Uh, Scott Mayfield with the knee-on-knee hits on Sasha Barkov, which led people to fear that Barkov could miss the rest of the season, shockingly, with the way his knee bent. Like, if you're not an incredibly high-level professional athlete, your knee is destroyed. Yeah. that's uh, Either that, it was a combination of that, and pure luck. Uh, Because Barkoff's only going to be out week to week. No surgery is required. But for Mayfield, it was called kneeing. He got five in a game, which I completely agree with. But while Scott Mayfield has the reputation of being more of a a physical player, maybe even a dirty player, I didn't view this as an intentional knee-on-knee hit. But at the end of the day, as we've talked about on the show, you're still responsible for the outcome of the play. (laughs) I viewed this play as Scott Mayfield was going for a check, Barkov turned in to go towards center ice, and this was the unfortunate outcome. I genuinely don't believe that Mayfield intentionally stuck his leg out and targeted the knee of Sasha Barkov, but the end result was a pretty brutal knee-on-knee collision that resulted in injury. So I completely agree with five in a game. In terms of a suspension for the outcome, maybe. Maybe. In a perfect world, give him a couple games, but at the end of the day, are you going to give Scott Mayfield two games and say that's just as bad as what Tucker Pullman did, yeah. swinging a stick at someone's head? NHL's once so, again I mean, screwed themselves with a precedent. Yeah, the Department of Player Safety already fucked up this season, Like because the standard is now Tucker Pullman gets two games for swinging a stick at someone's head. Yep. So how how is what I did possibly worse than two games? The level to get suspended for more than two games has been set pretty damn high, and we're a month into the season. So, good job, George Peros. You guys are crushing it. But yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know if you guys saw the hit. I did. Yeah, I didn't view it as, like I said, overly intentional. But I agree that Mayfield was rightfully ejected from the game yeah. for the outcome.
2: I mean, it has to happen. Like it's, it's you know, it's not one of those that's is going to be punished solely on the outcome. It's an illegal play, and yeah, I mean, you have to. It's like when you have to be responsible for your stick at all times and all that stuff. You have to be responsible for your body at all times. You have to be responsible for other players on the ice, too. That's why you don't hit people in vulnerable positions. And, you know, you try to I know some people say the onus has got to be on, you know, you no, know, he's maybe dodging out of the way and stuff. But also the way you're positioning yourself to like four hits and stuff like that. If I don't know. Yeah. So it's again not intentional. You didn't mean to do it, but it still happened. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. just looked at it right now, and you could tell that he's going for the hit, and I think he wanted to go deliver it low, but I don't think he really wanted to to hit him, like, at his knee or at contact over there. But at the same time, you're trying to make that play, and the emphasis is on you. You're trying to deliver that hit. If you can't do it properly and you get the guy hurt, that's on you. Yeah. This is, like, this is totally a freak accident, though, I think. I don't think he deliberately wanted to go, like, injure the guy, but I believe there has to be action done for us uh, set a precedent for um, the future
0: <laughs> well that kind of brings us into another incident that happened Now, granted this incident happened a few days ago but as we move into talking about the Rangers and Habs game the Rangers winning that one 3-2 to two, at that point the Rangers also moving up to 10-3-3 three, three on a season or on the season the Habs at a wonderful 4-12 and 2 nice. so yeah maybe get more, uh, more locals into the lineup things might work out uh, but the Rangers have officially lost Sammy Blay for the rest of the season after an incident involving P.K. Subban. The play itself did look accidental, but every time we have that conversation about sneaky, dirty players, hey, P.K. Subban's in that conversation. And specifically this season... It's like fourth slew foot. Yep. Yeah, that's the problem. Even this, even if this wasn't incidental, there was skate-on-skate contact with Sammy Blay facing away from Subban. You can define it as a slew foot. And yeah, blaze out for the rest of the year. Of course, he was a a decent part of the trade coming back for Pavel Bushnevich. And again, for PK, we've mentioned it on the show, is there, has he lost a step skating-wise? It would appear so, because it appears as though he is uh, going about other methods to try and stay competitive and in the play. Now, former uh, NHL referee Tim Peel had this quote to say, and if this doesn't scare the hell out of you, I don't, know, I don't know what to make of your opinion. I'm sorry, but Tim Peel said this on Twitter, I can unequivocally say that P.K. Subban is not a dirty player. I talked to P.K., and he told me that this is just a bad habit that's crept into his game. I refereed him, and I know him personally, and I can guarantee he's not trying to intentionally hurt any player. Real familiar. I can
2: unequivocally say that Stan Bowman is not a bad guy, and these are not his... Again, not really comparable to the situation, but it just comes out... If he's not a dirty player, why does he he keep committing dirty fucking Why is he involved in so many dirty plays? Yeah, yeah, like, that's so stupid. If if Stan Bowman has values, why the fuck is he covering up sexual assault?
0: PK is not dirty, he just has dirty tendencies. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like, what the
1: fuck?
0: Gives like, P.K. told me himself he's not dirty, but he has dirty tendencies that have crept into his game. Did, so he's dirty then!
1: Yeah, I, we did our own investigation. We found we did nothing, <gasps> nothing, no conclusive evidence. I I,
0: I Look, know a lot of people... I, Mom, Mom, I'm not dirty. I just went outside and rolled in a puddle this one time. And that's the second time. And the third time. Because, again, bad habits have, have yeah. crept in. So it's, it's just a bad habit. I'm not actually dirty, but I'm gonna go take a shower. Like, and, and that might not be the best analogy. It's the best I got where it's like, you're not going to sit here and lie
2: to my face like this. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? And I know a lot of people at this point want Tim Peel to shut his mouth and stuff like that. I want him to keep talking because this just goes to Suppose prove. yourself. This just goes to prove how screwed up the <laughs> NHL is, especially the officials. So it's like, yes, please keep talking. Please keep damning this league and everything that we've thought has happened where there's – You know, referees trying to keep things under control, but by doing that are literally, you know, they're like, I we don't want to, we're not going to call it here. We don't want to affect the outcome of the game. It's like you're literally affecting the outcome of the game by not doing your job properly. And again, this kind of stuff just goes to show you, it's just like how much gets overlooked and like, and who gets favoritism? Oh, I know him. Oh, he talks to me. That's why it's, it's so weird. It's bizarre. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> no. bizarre, but like, yeah, okay, bad habit. Well, he just literally ended someone's season. When's it going to take, he's going to have to end someone's career for it to be taken seriously? Holy shit. Yeah. I'm he's anymore. dirty. And
0: I mean, this, it's not to judge, like, we're not judging P.K. Subban's character off the ice. No. From everything the general public knows, P.K. Subban is a fantastic human being. Yeah, absolutely. From what we all know, from what's out there. But on ice... It's it's like the SpongeBob meme where oh, you pull out the couch cushion. Hmm? You open the closet. Yeah. Hmm? Like how many examples do we need before you can rightfully call somebody dirty? I I don't get it. So again, Tim Peel, you you have you have opinions. <laughs> That's the nicest What's the nicest thing you can say about your biggest rival? Tim Peel, you have opinions. Yeah. Um God, yeah. in that Rangers game, though, uh, Capocacco scored his second yeah. because the second we call out Capocacco and Alexi Lafreniere, they start scoring goals. It's yeah. great. Uh, Chris welcome. Kreider scored his twelfth of the year as well. He can't so, keep getting away with this,
2: Chris Kreider. He's he needs to stop pretending. He's to be gonna good. hit
0: thirty at least, at which least, I believe yeah. would be. Hold on, let's let's play another favorite game. What's his career Chris high? Chris Kreider's career like high goal total oh, in a man. single season. 25. What are the most goals? You think Kreider scored in a single season? You say twenty-five? Yeah.
2: I'm going I'm gonna say twenty-eight. I
0: feel like he's gone close. Nice. He has hit twenty-eight goals two different times Mm. in his career. 16-17, Sixteen, seventeen. He played seventy-five games, so he very well could have hit thirty. And in eighteen, nineteen, oh. he played seventy-nine games, had twenty-eight goals. So, which was his contract? He's gotten there here. a couple of times. <laughs> Basically, if he stays healthy, Chris Kreider he has twelve goals in sixteen games. 12, 12 goals in 16 games. Oh my god! What the
2: fuck? What? <laughs> like the pace isn't sustainable, but yeah, he's for sure no, hitting 30. No, it's not. That's ridiculous. He has
0: 12 goals, 13—no, uh, not 13 assists, but 12 goals, three assists for 15 points in 16 games so far That's not this real. year. Jeez! What are they um,
1: them over there? Like, jeez. <laughs> All the GMOs. Like, come on. Oh my god. Give me some god. of those. My knee hurts. I need to get my knee recovered fast.
0: Jesus! It can't be I'm trying Nathan to look McKinnon
2: up. Would approve of that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying to look up his shooting percentage on the. Okay. Oh, it's going to be like thirty <laughs> percent at least. No, uh, shockingly no. But no. he has twelve goals on fifty shots, Jesus. which comes out to a twenty-four percent. That's not bad. Uh, shooting percentage on not the season so far. No. Um. Although last year he had a nineteen percent shooting percentage in fifty games. So, how much is it going to drop off? Chris Grider, he's aging like a fine wine, as they say. His shooting percentage has gone up like every year over the past like five years. So, Very. shout out to Chris Grider. Uh, also, in that Ranger game, again, there was a lot to talk about from this particular game. Uh, Ryan Reeves absolutely mauled Michael Pozzetta. Uh, I like did not Lion fight. against a gazelle. <laughs> like, my God. Michael Pozzetta, like, I can only judge by stats, but it's like in the AHL, seems like he probably gets into a lot of fights, plays that. Um, you know, kind of role for the Laval Rocket, the energy guy. Uh, there are weight classes when it comes to <laughs> fighting in the NHL. And again, I I don't want to get into the full conversation about fighting. I I like it, but I don't. I I'm okay if it's two guys in a way, I'm okay if it's two guys who are just like, okay, we're both down for this, but also on the flip side, like Michael Pizzetta is kind of in a position where if he's going to make the NHL and stay there, he kind of has to fight, which is a bit scary, because we've seen what's happened to guys that have had to do that in the past. Some of them aren't alive anymore. So I'm so torn on fighting. But yes, a part of my monkey brain was just like, yes, Ryan Reeves, maul, maul, and it was a wonderful fight. But then I feel dirty about it. So I, I don't want to get into that full conversation, but... um, the balls on Michael Pazetta. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: To go after Ryan I, I, Reeves. Apparently I gotta see the fight, cause yeah. He just tossed uh, the it, fucking ragdoll. Like, woo! It wasn't the worst one-sided mauling I've ever seen, but yeah, no, That's, I mean it was honestly one of
2: Reeves' biggest strengths in fight is in fighting is just literally his strength. Like he'll just keep you off yeah. balance. He's not a good fighter. Yep. If you watch his fights, he's a shitty technical fighter. But when you're that strong and that that kind of core balance. It's just his brute yeah. strength and balance. The thing, yeah. the thing that one of the best fighters ever had, in my opinion, was George Laraque. Is that he had that stupid strength, but he was also a a, a good fighter too. Like he had the technical yeah. aspects too. But yeah, I mean, but I hey, see what I see what you're saying. But Reeves, it, it, who who the fuck? It doesn't matter. He can win it on strength alone because there's literally no more LaRocks. He's the only guy left in the NHL still getting Pretty ice much, time. Yeah, who is I mean, an enforcer?
0: How many actual enforcers are out there? Because like Michael Haley. Would have been in that category, but he's he's, he's small. not with the team he's right now. He's not in the weight class either. He's like five ten, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm really struggling to think of like Curtis like, Gabriel. I don't know if you. It was yeah, but he can't he's crack not a on a the NHL roster right now yeah, either. Yeah,
1: he's in the A.
2: When him and Reeves I mean, unless... fought, that was like probably the closest. But then also mm. he would get then Curtis Gabriel like lost a fight to McDermott, so it's like.
0: Yeah, Curtis McDermott's probably in there, too, yeah. for that conversation. He's a big boy, too. But I want to know, like, I don't know if hockey Fight still has, has like, a feature like this. But I want to know, like, judging by the community, like, what, how, what's the percentage of fights won by Reeves? Because like, I imagine it's pretty damn high. Um Also in this game, Brendan Gallagher and Barkley good draw off a face-off. They kind of got tied up going after the puck in the middle. Uh, Gallagher gets up and sucker punches him. He got two minutes for roughing and was fined uh, 2.5K the next day. So, uh, no, I'm sure with just four wins in uh, 18 games on the season, that's not frustration shown by Brendan Gallagher whatsoever. Um, For the Habs, there's really not much to talk about. Like, Dvorak scored his second. You know, it's been a, a bit of a slow start for him in terms of the goal scoring side of things, point-wise, I don't know. Uh, Josh Anderson scored his fourth. But the big news today for the Habs, uh Cole Caulfield is back. Why? After six games with the Laval Rocket, in which he had five points, he has been recalled by the Habs he is expected to play Thursday night. Uh, again, a reminder, he had ten points, or excuse me, uh, one point in ten games before being sent down to Laval. Why, yeah, is what Sin said. It's a and stupid why.
2: fucking decision. It's fu- it's not like, like he went in there and had 10 points in six games, he was sub point per game in the AHL. Just let yeah, him dominate like was, there, Fuck. yeah.
0: You know, I don't like get it. it's tough to be that close to point per game in the AHL. It, it is very what difficult is the to rush? do. You're a shit team. he was doing very exactly, he was doing very good in the AHL. Leave him there. Let him develop. Let him continue that pace and get his confidence up. Cole Caulfield is not going to step into this lineup and all of a sudden you're going to go from 4 12 and 2 or whatever the hell it is to 16 12 and 2. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, I can only view this as Mark Bergeron trying to save his job, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy because, again, they just made it. To a cup final, but this this just reeks of desperation. You know, you, Does it not? Yeah,
1: a little bit. So I just checked the last game because the Marlies and the Rocket uh, played yesterday, and the Rocket won six uh, five in overtime in a shootout. Uh, I just checked the stats right now. Uh, Cole Caulfield had a goal in the shootout, and he also had. Hold on, let me check right here. I think he has another goal as well. Caulfield yeah, yeah, he scored off the goal. rush. Yeah, one goal off the Raj, one goal in the shootout. Did that shootout Mm -hmm. goal, like, promote him to going up? Because, uh, I guess, like, no one else scored. No, I was,
2: I was, it was, did he only just have that one point in that game? Just that goal? Just that one goal. Okay. I was like, Like, if he had, like, a multi-point game, but even then, that would be damning. Because it's like, oh, what, he just had three points in this game. So, essentially, in uh, five games, he only had two points, and you're going to call him up. Either way, Mm. it's dumb. Any way you want to look at that, this is such a bad call-up, like... Uh, again, I, I, I mean, it's clear he belongs there. He's doing good. Yep. yep. Like, let him get that confidence up. Six games is not enough to get the confidence up. I, I understand maybe the argument we don't want to, you know, you know, crush the guy's spirits or whatever. But, bro, you go from what, you're what's gonna crush the, the
0: spirits playing him on the Habs.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So like, I was gonna ask, what's the Laval? Uh, what what's their record? Like, what what kind of team are they?
0: Uh, they're uh, bottom. God, I God. think we're
1: near the bottom-ish. I'll check
0: right now league standings. Yeah, I was going to say, I can, uh, okay. I can give it a look up see. here L- too. The
2: Rocket
1: uh are 8-6-1. Uh, and one. The Toronto Milers are 7-4-0. Leave oh. them in And LaValle. the Utica Comets, right now 11-0. Yeah. Oh. Holy. <laughs> I think that chirping of uh coffee will really gave them a boost right now because they haven't lost a single game. They are the old... Oh, and the Stockton Heat. Them and the Stockton Heat, which are the affiliate for the Calgary Flames, Flames are the only undefeated mm-hmm. teams left remaining in the AHL.
2: Basically, why the fuck would you take him out of a over 500 team and put him back onto a bottom feeder? Especially with that over 500 team, he's actually contributing. He's actually doing what he's supposed to do, which is put up points and help a team. Why are you going to put him back onto a roster that he's not going to be able to do that there? He's going to be up in stiffer competition. He's not going to have as much probably help on the offensive end. Yeah, maybe he's playing with weaker offensive tools down there, but at the same time, it allows him to do what they drafted him to do, and that's to be a difference maker. If you want to develop him, allow him to be a difference maker. This move just makes no sense. And maybe we're we'll, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he does well being
0: called up. I just don't see it. It's been six games of development. I mean, it's not so much the conversation as to whether or not he'll do well, but it's more so the conversation of how. Confidence what what is the point from yeah. the Habs' perspective? Yeah, that's what I don't like. Get. How much of a difference maker? Will he be? And even if he's putting up points at the NHL level, the argument is points at the NHL level, but the team's losing. Points at the AHL level, but it's the AHL. Like I would view the AHL as the the better of the options, yeah, right? And like, they might like, I go mean, to the playoffs,
2: and he'll get more clutch experience. And we'll see if that yeah. you know last year was maybe just a fluke, but maybe he has a playoff tendency, and he steps it up, and he. Leads the team to a goddamn Calder. Who knows? Why? I don't understand this move. I just don't get it. And you're going to demoralize them more by sending them down a second time, which is probably likely-ish to happen. I'd say at least a fifty percent probability that it happens. Yeah, yeah. I agree and look, with that.
0: there's there's a chance that this age well. Yeah. In, in terms of the Habs' decision, right? And then people will be like, "Oh, well, what do you know?" It's but in the moment, the idea behind this move. Is illogical, it's easy to look back, it is, and have an
2: opinion. It's a lot harder to look forward. And well, you put yourself, I won't say it's harder, we're putting ourselves out there to be burned, and that's because yeah. we actually feel strongly about this. And everything in our opinions and hockey minds and what we've seen just says this isn't a great idea.
1: Yeah, I'm looking he
0: plays for the Habs, to- but I love the sport of hockey and I love the idea of superstars being superstars. Yep. I think Cole Caulfield can be one of the top goal scorers year in and year out throughout his career. But there have been a lot of people who could have had that potential, and they just don't quite get there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to player development and the decisions made by management to properly manage an asset. We'll see if the Habs are making the right call, but this this screams wrong call yeah. at the moment. I'm looking at his we'll like, like
1: per-game performance right now. First game against Syracuse, nothing. Uh, Utica had one assist against... Um, uh, Belleville another assist against uh Birmingham whatever the fuck the uh Binghamton Yeah Binghamton Binghamton thank you I was going to say Binghamton <laughs> uh, close enough uh nothing Laval against Utica he had a goal and an assist so it shows that he can score against like a top level team that's in the in the AHL and then mm. uh, against uh Toronto he had one goal so like it shows like spurts that he can do well but I think if you're going to put a guy up and be that a guy who has his stature and his development what he's supposed to become. Have him going out there getting like less than a point per game or having games where he isn't like dominating out there in the A. I don't think it's time to proc- call him up for the for the end. Mm-hmm. He needs more time.
0: As well on Tuesday, the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Calgary Flames two to one in overtime. Kevin Hayes scored his first goal of the season. Again in one of those moments that at the end of the year, the overall highlight packages that goal will be included as one of the moments of the year. Um, Cam Atkinson scored his seventh goal of the year. Um, How many assists does he have, though, compared (laughs) to Horacek? But Cam Atkinson scored his seventh of the year for the OT winner. Uh, The bad news for the Flyers, in a way, uh, they've already missed him for 10 of their last 11 games. But Ryan Ellis is out four to six weeks uh, with a lower body injury as well, similar to Ryan Pollock, where, I mean, again, Flyers 8-4-2, He's missed the majority of the season so far anyway, but that is a massive loss for the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, you know, you look at the move to bring him in. I mean, they got rid of Nolan Patrick, and that might age well, unfortunately, uh, with the injury troubles that Nolan Patrick's had. But, you know, it's it's testing that defensive depth. And I can't speak to, you know, specifically how certain players uh, have done this year, but I look at that Flyers defense right now. And it's Proveroff, Braun, uh, Sandheim and Keith Yandel, and Nick Seeler. So you're probably gonna want Ryan Ellis back as soon as you can get him back. And he does have five points in four games this year for the Flyers. So yeah. um, you know, one of those things where it's like if you're a Flyers fan, obviously you're like, Please God, let Ryan Ellis uh <laughs> let Ryan Ellis be healthy. Um and on the other side, for Calgary, in terms of important defensemen, he's not hurt, but Oliver Shillington scored his third of the year, and he's been phenomenal for Calgary. And granted, Calgary's kind of slumped a little bit. I mean, they're 8-3-5 and five after a tremendous start, but still looking pretty good, all things considered. Sin's proud of himself for predicting it, I believe. What? Shillington? No, I, uh, I was I was I, just thinking
2: back to your tweet, and I was just going to be like, yeah, Zaboral's doing pretty good too, isn't he? <laughs> but uh, I, that was your – I'm sorry, I l- – <laughs> It's one of the funniest tweets. And it's so, so and I'm sorry to laugh at your pain, but I feel like we're all good <laughs> enough friends to do that
0: to each other. It'll never Holy go shit. away. It
2: won't. For those who
0: don't know, it's on the, Twitter yesterday. It's a blunder. Like, oh the tweet resurfaced one more time. Like every every little bit. Every every couple of months the tweet comes back up. And this particular one was from Reese Jessup. Um, there's a good follow by the way. Um from June 26, 2015 at 8:28 p.m. Oh shit. Boston could get Barzell, Connor and Sheelington with these next 3 picks. <laughs> I forgot Kyle Connor was there. I legit forgot about Kyle Connor. Oh, do you not? Do you now realize why I always bring up Kyle Connor and his goal-scoring totals? Do you not? Do you not understand why? (laughs) It it makes a whole hell of a lot more sense now. I remembered Shillington. I remember Barzal, of course, but wow. It's. I honestly, it's worse. It's worse than like make um than like the the Oilers going for Yakupov. It's worse. Like you, yeah, three sure picks. you missed three missed. You missed with a number 1 overall pick. Sure, that sucks. But 13, 14, 15 and you missed on one of them outright with Zach Senishin who just hasn't been able to cut it and make it to an NHL roster consistently and he's 24 years old now. There was Jake DeBrusque, who was good. That's And then there's Jake yeah. Zaboral, who was okay. Like he's been on, he's probably, he's played pretty good this year, Jake Zaboral. But obviously, is Jake Zaboral, for example, let's look at the defensemen who, uh, 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 you know, who were taken you after Jake like Zboril, got a,
2: a third pairing defenseman and like yeah. a
0: middle six winger. Yep, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then some, and then an AHLer. Yeah. Uh, for defense, who was taken after Jake Zaboral in that first round? Well, the next defenseman taken was Thomas Shabbat. And then obviously you get guys like Noah Juleson, Jacob Larson, Gabe Carlson, which, eh. So it shows that first round was kind of a minefield. Um, it is also worth noting in, in terms of defensemen, uh, Thomas Shabbat might have actually, I mean, he probably was the best defender from that draft, at least uh, taken at the point that he was taken. I guess there's the argument uh, for the likes of Noah Hannafin, Proveroff, and Lorensky. I'd probably take Thomas Shabbat, though. Um, yeah, it, dude, again, 15 Zach Seneshin, 16 Matt Barzell. Seventeen Kyle Connor, twenty-three Brock Besser, twenty-four Travis Konechny. twenty-eight Anthony Beauvillier, uh, even twenty-five Jack Rosovich. Uh thirty-five Sebastian Aho.
2: I feel like the Bruins were still in that mindset of like we're getting our kind of players. The same reason they traded uh-huh. like Sagan, you know, we're getting uh-huh. our kind of players, and it's just oof.
1: Watching that press conference for the first time with their, the the media they have because. About like, Sagan, really? yeah. I was like, "Are you what?"
2: I love that. Oh, from and behind the net, yeah, Shireli yeah, just sitting there. He's like, "Is he really our kind of player?" You know, is he? Because he the culture, though. <laughs> oh, culture defines us. Oh man, odd. What's up with these original it's, six teams and Canadian teams? Like, first of all, never changing their fucking jerseys, but always having this culture that everyone must adhere to in some way, shape, or form. I
1: Old don't know. boys just, club.
2: Yeah, it's I'm great. just so sad. Yeah, I
1: found out. I'm just yeah. so, so sad. It's, it's disappointing, honestly. Like, Yeah, uh, I,
2: I can't say the Sharks have ever had a move quite like that. We've had some bad moves and stuff and bad draft. Like Mirko Mueller is awful. I mean, for us, it was like a few years in a row where it was just like, God damn, can we do something with this first rounder? Like, But then, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy now. We actually have a good scouting and draft team that have hit in like the first – four rounds at least
0: once or twice every single draft since they've taken over. So so I don't want to go into full detail, but it's like, you know, the 13th pick that the Bruins had was from L.A., right? And that was them trading Milan Lucic to L.A. for the 13th overall pick, Martin Jones and Colin Miller. Uh, Colin Miller, I don't remember if Chiller ended up being traded. I think, was he taken by Vegas? I think that's how he left Boston. Uh, then they, of course, immediately flipped Martin Jones to San Jose for Sean Corrali and the pick that became Trent Frederick. Um, basically, it's like that trade hasn't really worked out for the Bruins. Like, you got a few years of Sean Corrali, you know, you have Zaboral now. The Brusque was theirs, and then that Seneshan pick was from Calgary. You guys remember, uh... I have no recollection. You guys recollection. remember who, who, was, who went to Calgary in that trade? Let me think. What year was this? 2015. 15. I went to California. Man, I don't know. Think about how depressed I am right now. You didn't have Markstrom,
2: did you? No, he was. No, no, no. Defenseman. No, why would it be? One Markstrom? of the Hamilton brothers. Oh, it was Dougie. Yep. <gasps> <gasps> oh, it yes! was. I forgot Dougie was a Bruins draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: it was Dougie Hamilton to Calgary for the pick that became Zach Senishin, and two second rounders that became uh, Jakob Forsbaka Carlson, who never really cut it at the NHL level, and Jeremy Lozon, who was just taken by Seattle in their expansion. It is that's a debacle for me, the worst fumble in NHL draft history, and I know that I'm biased as a Bruins fan. It is the worst fumble. In history, it's pretty. Pr- you traded Lucic, which needed to be done, but still, you traded Lucic. You traded Hamilton. Like, yeah, Trading- I mean, obviously, like, oh, hey, Zaborski, DeBrusque, Senishin, or Dougie fucking Hamilton. Yeah, I'll take Dougie. Thanks. Like,
2: yeah, what it's, is this with teams like feeling like they, they disrespect Dougie? Is it because he's an introvert? Is it because he's soft spoken? It's 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 crazy to me. He's kind of never like. Been fully I'm respected so sad right everywhere he went. Yeah, Dougie fucking Fresh. I can't. Uh, you know what? I, I keep Doggie forgetting. Fresh. Like, Dougie Fresh was like a, a, he was a Bruin. Kessel was
0: drafted by the Bruins, wasn't he too? Yeah, and they traded Kessel to get Sagan and Hamilton, and then they traded Sagan and Hamilton and got nothing back. Can we talk about that, how they fucking fumbled the Sagan and Hamilton trades? Because they did. I just told you what the Hamilton trade was, and you see how bad that was. And then you remember the Sagan trade, (sighs) which was uh, also sending Rich Peverly and Ryan Button to Dallas for Louis Erickson, Matt Frazier, Joe Morrow, and Riley Smith. None of whom are still Bruins. None of them. You had Riley Smith. Louie hasn't been a Bruin for years. Riley Smith, they sent to Florida. I don't even remember what the... They sent Riley Smith to Florida, for God rest his soul, Jimmy Hayes, which didn't work either. Fuck... Can we end the show? We still have a lot to talk about, but I want to go t- I want to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh. believe, like, dude, has there ever been, like, a trade tree made of that? Or, like, just a... Well, I don't know, but if Steve Dangle hasn't, I'm going to fucking make it so that I can <laughs> just exercise this demon that continues to haunt me. Oh, all right. Let's move on for uh, poor... T- <sighs> yeah, hey, insanity. let's talk about how Fenway Sports Group might buy the Pittsburgh fucking Penguins. Hey, at least I will have good hot dogs.
3: It's oh my yellow God. So
2: Let's get go. a Fenway Frank and look at this Terminator Penguin. They need to bring oh back that logo God. by the so way. <laughs>
0: the Sabres beat the Penguins 2 to 1. The Penguins are 5-6 and 4 on the year. Like they've had injury troubles and covid troubles. But yeah, like shout out to Dustin Tokarski, who beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2021. God. That's that's a real thing. I
3: can't but it. yeah,
0: the news was that Fenway Sports Group who own the Boston Red Sox, they own Liverpool um they are in talks to potentially buy the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I didn't even realize the Penguins were potentially for sale. Now... Stonks, baby. You know, there's... Sell at the top. Good on yeah. you. Good on you, Mario. Buy low, <laughs> sell high. Like, I could get into Fenway Sports, you know, the reputation of Fenway Sports Group, and it's it's mixed, right? It's mixed. Like, for Red Sox fans, I mean, obviously, it is predominantly positive. Shocker. <laughs> Four World Series, as long as um, winning. Winning. although at times criticized for not spending money when they could have. That has been the criticism for their, uh, their run with Liverpool, is not spending money when they could have. Granted, they've won a Champions League, they've won the Premier League, um, but at the same time, there's been the argument of almost resting on their laurels once they find that success. Mm. So... You know, they're a polarizing ownership group, but at the end of the day, it's tough to argue with the success that they've brought. I mean, it's not as if the Pittsburgh Penguins are desperate for success. You've had enough. Fuckers. Settle down. Um, But, yeah, this was just out of nowhere, and I mean, we'll continue to cover it if anything comes of it, but yeah, that would needless to say, the headline of essentially, Boston ownership group buys the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, It's interesting. It's awkward. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of – because Mario got involved in the ownership at a very interesting time. Uh, Wasn't it when they were about to go bankrupt? So, like, yeah, what so a move he bought by the team him, dude.
0: He bought the team when they were rumored to be moving to Kansas City. If I'm not mistaken, that when was when the is Kansas City going to get a
2: goddamn hockey team? Arizona was just being rumored to be moving there, too. God. One of
0: these days. One but, of these days, yeah, honestly, it's – it's interesting to look at, because Mario Lemieux was one of the few, if not the only player ever, who was uh, under player-owner status. So he was, he was in a real interesting spot, and his Wikipedia article covers it a little bit, but it was very, um, very, very bizarre to kind of look into that whole situation. But, yeah, no, I mean, Mario absolutely saved that team, and, you know, it's one of those things where it is interesting, right? The idea of him kind of cashing out and maybe doing some other things, I'm whatever he yeah. would. I'm
2: curious to see what he do. does. It's,
0: I, I, I you know, got just the. Sorry, I was just. I'm getting nerd
2: headspace. I'm like, I gotta dig into the financials. How much did he buy for? Uh-huh. What's what's the rumored price? I can't wait for it all just to be concluded because of that. Because and then like, yeah, what is he gonna do next? Like, he he's not done. I don't I don't think involving himself in sports in some way.
0: Yeah, I mean. So Lemieux has had an ownership stake in the team uh, with Lemieux Group LP since September of 99. So it does make you wonder. uh, That club was technically in bankruptcy in 99. They were gone if he did not step up. Uh, I am trying to find the number uh, that he... um, that he bought the team for. But I uh, I seemingly can't find exactly what it is. Endo, if you could try That's to fine. find that for yeah. us real quick. I, I honestly want to know. Like Because I, I get that Sin's thinking that, too, in terms of Sin's a guy who, who loves himself some investments. Like, you know, how much money in 1999 compared to today, and then how much are they going to sell this for? Like, yeah, if he cashes yeah. out, Mario Lemieux, like, it's going to make a good amount of right, money. So There's exactly appreciation com- combined with inflation values. I mean, Just you... how much... Yeah, just how much the Penguins sold for in 1999 when Lemieux's group bought the team? So they might not even be listed, but I feel like most it times might not be. those stuff are sh- public domain. Yeah, I mean, okay. he probably bought it for like a hundred mil or less.
1: Forbes said uh, Lemieux bought the Penguins in 1999 for 107 million. Now I'm going to go and adjust that for inflation. That'd be a lot of
0: fucking yeah. Fun. So I mean, <laughs> that team is going to sell for what? Think About how much Seattle had to pay just to get the team into the league. I'm not going to say they're going to sell for a billion dollars, but like at least, like, what I think it's got to be at least five, yeah, 500 million, 700 million, yeah, minimum in that range,
2: especially <laughs> like, like I said, because you it's you still have Crosby Malkin, like, this is the tippy top. You just you won a cup a few years ago, you got Crosby Malkin still. Um, Yeah, they're starting to decline, you know, with the playoff issues. But yeah, this is still this is this is the plateau. Like it's probably not going to start going back up.
1: You're going to like this. So, uh, according to U.S. inflation calculator, because I'm assuming it's in USD, because it was it was listed on Forbes. If in 1998 I purchased an item for 107 million dollars. Then in 2021, that same item would cost $181,564,558.28 yep. for a cumulative rate of inflation of 69.7.
2: So if you that's sell, fixed. yeah. So in 99, if you sold today for like 500 million, that's effective, you know, let's, or five, six, let's go in the middle of 600 because we are saying, you know, mm-hmm. five to seven. Um, We'll round up the inflation to 200 million. You're essentially getting a 300% return on a large-scale mm. investment like that in a couple decades, which... On top of winning three Stanley Cups in that time. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> and, you know, you, you honestly don't go into owning hockey teams to make money, but probably during mm. that time, the team was profitable. He probably got some
0: kickback I mean, in they that had time. a sellout streak of, yeah, like, 600-some-odd games in the regular season, if not more than that. So, I don't want to... So, <laughs> th- th- just downplay it.
2: We'll say... He's was probably getting we'll, we'll call him dividends throughout that entire time, and he's gonna make a profit of three uh, hundred percent, which is yeah, that's no no small thing. So that's that. Pro- I think that, uh, that I mean you'll you'll find a lot of stocks that do better than that, but I mean for the long term maybe not. And on if you look to maybe the next closest comparison, which is perhaps real estate, that sort mm. of turnaround is still pretty good. Depends on where you are, I guess. But I mean. Fucking hell.
0: That's yeah. Saves saves the team, wins cups, was already a hero forever in Pittsburgh uh-huh. and will continue to be, and now might potentially cash out and make a fortune. Yeah. So congratulations to the great, great, great grandchildren of Mario Lemieux. You're already taken care of. Um The Arizona Coyotes won their second game of the season, their second win in 16 games by beating the St. Louis Blues three to two. Kyle Capabianco scored his first. Barrett Hayton scored his first and second. Scott Wedgwood gets his second win of the season with the Coyotes. The only Coyotes going to get a win this year. Uh, Jordan Cairo, his seventh, Torrey Krug is third for the Blues. Um Yeah, that's embarrassing for St. Louis now, isn't it? It's pretty much what it comes down to. You were the other team alongside the Seattle Kraken to lose to the St. or to lose to the Arizona Coyotes. So. Like that is That's a rough, rough look. The San Jose Sharks beat the Minnesota Wild four to one. Um, highlighted by like Tima Meyer getting his sixth, Hurdle his seventh, Eric Carlson his third, Sin's favorite Mario Ferraro got his second. Mm-hmm. Uh Erickson X scored his sixth for the Wild. Sin, any thoughts about that particular game if it stands out from Tuesday night? Yeah. It was just a very good, complete game
2: played. They were fit. They stood up for each other. There's, you know, it's, it was the full lineup kind of being back and it's obviously they're kind of back against Colorado, but like this is what, this is the game that they want to play. This was Sharks hockey that, that has been being preached for the last two years that is finally starting to come to light this year. They play for each other. They defend well and, you know, start to have good enough, you know, scoring to do it. Timo Meyer is quietly having a killer year, by the way. Mm. He's above point per game. And that is uh, something that the Sharks haven't had a whole lot of, is a forward being above point per game. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> fantastic. Ferrara was sick. Uh, joined the rush, an uh, incredible give and go by, between a uh, Myron Couture and then a beautiful saucer pass over the defenseman stick and finished off by Ferrara. It was just a good game. And I love the physicality. I loved everyone standing up for one another. And Dumba's hit pissed me off, but it was clean. <laughs> I did miss that particular highlight. I'll have to. Yeah. He crushed Barabanov. I think people are still feeling a little salty about the headshot that a uh, Calgary's player put on him. I can't remember who the hell it was. I think, ah, uh, Zdorov? No, I think it was Zdorov. <laughs> is he there? Or Zaitsev? That's a,
0: it's one of those two. Zdorov <laughs> or Zaitsev?
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, anyway, it, be Zadorov it, was, it was a fucking Zaitsev, headshot yeah. and didn't even get a review. Nothing. You know, the last time, uh, a, a uh, player was suspended, uh, for a fen- uh, an offense committed against the Sharks? 2005. <laughs> uh, tw- <laughs> seems like it. Yeah, 2016.
0: I mean, it, it's clean hockey. Yeah, Just clearly. Biased.
2: Clearly. You know, we There's played no the way Blues in, five years in years. Vegas, it's- yeah. I
0: know. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's that's one of those really rough stats, huh? Yeah, pisses me um, off. The Winnipeg Jets beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. to two. Uh, The Jets moved up to nine three and three on the year, looking very good despite again a bottom three PK. Apparently, what the fuck? Uh, The Oilers now eleven four and zero on the year. Uh, For the Jets, Ellers got his fourth, Dubois his ninth, Kyle Connor his (laughs) twelfth. I can't, I can't escape. It it makes me laugh even more now, like (laughs) now that I know the context. (laughs) I, in an alternate reality, I have a Kyle Connor Bruins jersey hanging up behind me, if not wearing it at all times, nice, warm, and cozy. Yeah. Fuck. But does he play Bruins um, hockey Toogie?
2: Yeah. God, Did does you, he fit the culture? Does he fit the culture? <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway, let's wipe the tears aside. Um, Leon Draisaitl scored his 16th and 17th goals of the season. Uh, Connor McDavid recorded assists on both of them. So McDavid now has a 15-game point streak, which is a career high. Uh, For Dreisaitl, this comes from Jason Greger on Twitter. Dreisaitl is the only active NHL player to score 16 goals in his his first 15 games. Ovechkin, Matthews, and Pasternak have all had 15 and 15, but never 16 and 15. Uh, And after review, Dreisaitl now has 17 goals and 15. Uh, His 33 points in 15 games, is the fifth-highest total since 1992. What's McDavid at? His point I don't total. know, but I'm thinking... <laughs> when do we start talking about how Leon Dreisaitl actually carries Connor McDavid? No. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, they're both just so, so stupidly good, my God. And I put out a tweet, right, on, on the Twitters, talking about their defense. Because as people know, if you follow what I do, obviously, and I do know that we have some people who are just like, I don't even really know your YouTube stuff, but I found the show and I like it, which is awesome. Um, I put out a tweet talking about the Oilers' defense because I'm in the process of roster editing, of course, and I got to Edmonton's defense. And again, I look at the outright stats. I look at analytics and have a formula so that there's no bias whatsoever. And that Oilers' defense, I still cannot figure out how they put Nurse, Russell, Keith, Barry, Cuckoo, CeCe, and shout out to Bouchard is good, but uh, how do you supplement the two best players in the NHL right now with that defense? System. You know, you ask the question, Connor McDavid has 29 points in 15 games. Leon Dreisaitl has 33 in 15. Good God. Dreisaitl has 17 goals. In 15 games, the next highest, Ovi, Kreider, <laughs> Kyle Connor, with 12. Leon Draisaitl right now is on pace to win the Rocket Richard. He's on pace to win, you know, the, the, the points rocks, race. Yeah. Like, wow. it's unreal. It is absolutely unreal how good those two are. It's insane. 20 million I mean, between them. Yeah. Which is McDavid plays underpaid. 22 and a half minutes a night so far. <laughs> tri set plays 23 minutes a night. So, uh,
1: that is a steal of a contract of a deal. Get those guys for 20 mil. Are you kidding me?
0: Or I mean, we, like, the yeah, top for, and shout out, show? shout out as well. Uh, I'm looking at the points. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is eighth in the league right now with 19 points in 15 games. Good for him. So, solid. I mean, three Oilers in the top eight. Um, Although, you know, it's completely off-topic, but obviously we can sit here and wax poetic about Dreisaitl. The top scorers in the league right now by points. Uh, Dreisaitl, 33. McDavid, 29. Ovechkin, 26. And then Evgeny Kuznetsov with 21. Mm. Again, all the, he's got to go, he's got to go. You haven't heard a thing about Evgeny Kuznetsov this year. He has shut the hell up and is just playing hockey, and it's been the best thing for his career. No controversies or anything yet, and quietly is having a fantastic season. And then there's Troy Terry in fifth, also with 21 points. Ridiculous. Connor with 20, Marshawn 19, Nugent Hopkins 19, um, and then there's a four-way tie for ninth with 18 points, and it's Ryan Getzloff, 17 assists in 17 games, with a goal, JT Miller with 18, Audrey Savetchnikov, and Lucas Raymond with 18 points on the year as well. So, there's this season's been so fun to watch so far. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If only Timo didn't miss fucking COVID time, man, I feel
2: like he'd be up there with the Pacies on.
0: There you go. He missed like five uh, hey.
2: games, I think.
0: <laughs> well, I can sort it by point per game. <laughs> yeah, do that, do that, do that real quick. I just want to see. I want to see if my... Uh, Timo Meyer is ninth yeah. in point-per-game yeah. total. Yep. There you go. Uh, oh, my God. So, obviously, this doesn't really count, but it's, it's dry side of McDavid. And then third is Drew Doughty, because he only played four games yeah. before he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, if I were to filter this by, uh, let's say most guys have played 15 games, uh, if I filter this by 10 games, right? I feel like that's fair to say yeah. someone's played the majority of their their mm-hmm. team's games. Meyer is sixth in point-per-game. By Andreas of McDavid, Ovechkin, Marshawn, and Patrick Kane. He's quietly having a very,
2: very good year in San Jose, which is exactly what he needs and the team needs. Yeah. Uh,
0: The Dallas Stars beat the Detroit Red Wings 5-2. Again, the Stars kind of key players are heating up a little bit. Suter got a goal. Ben, Hintz, and two goals for Jason Robertson. Uh, Jake Ottinger got the win in goal. Is it Ottinger? Which, yeah, I I believe so. Okay, fuck. Is it Edinger? Uh, I don't I've don't always know. heard Ottinger. Uh, it's, Regardless, it's Schrader
2: when you when you see the O E like that in Schrader or Schroeder. Yeah, uh, but nah, eh,
0: whatever who the fuck knows. Regardless, uh, Dallas's goaltending situation still fascinates me because they have him, Hidobin, Holtby, and then Bray. Or uh, excuse me, but Ben Bishop was like in training camp, but there's still no word like he's eligible to come back, but he hasn't. So they technically have like four NHL caliber goalies. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Uh, for the Red Wings, though, we already. Uh, I mean, we mentioned Lucas Raymond earlier, but, like, Philip Zadina got his third, Larkin his eighth. Uh, Moritz Cider, even though he didn't uh, get a goal, he did absolutely destroy Michael Roffel on a clean hit. So yeah. okay. in case Red Wings fans didn't like Moritz Cider enough. Um, and Alex Nedelkovic had a save of the year contender on uh, Jacob Peterson, of all people. But, yeah, sh- <laughs> yeah, Alex Nedelkovic that uh, the Hurricanes said nah to, which has worked, but again, much like our Habs conversation earlier, just because it works out doesn't mean it was a smart thing to do. It was a terrible thing to do. God, just a horrible move. And again, I said it worked out. Like, the Hurricanes are next up. They're 12-2 and two yeah, like, on the season but, after beating the Golden Knights 4-2. Uh, to two. Um, For the Hurricanes, at least Auntie Ranta got the win. Like, he hasn't missed significant time after the Lomburg incident, yeah, thankfully. Thank God. Um, yeah, Vegas at 9-7. and seven. No sympathy from Sin, obviously, but uh i mean they're hanging in there hanging their thousand injuries I,
2: I wanted them to be for, be below 500 at this point with all their injuries because that would give me hope that they for some reason miss the playoffs or something but uh yeah it's not gonna happen <laughs>
0: and then they get a first round pick that they trade away for some other guy
2: gotta love
3: it
0: so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the final game on Tuesday, before again we move into an abbreviated Wednesday, uh, the Anaheim Ducks beat the Washington Capitals 3-2 in overtime. Ryan Getzloff hit 1,000 career points on a Cam Fowler goal. Troy Terry as well extended his point streak to 15 games uh, on that particular goal as well. And then Trevor Zegras with his 5th and 6th of the season uh, threw a stick over the boards again as an OT selly. It's, it's awesome. Um, and with that, the Ducks had won their 8th consecutive game. It was their 1,000th win in franchise history. And as of that day, at least, they were first in the Pacific, first in the West. And, uh, well, first in the West wouldn't make – well, actually, maybe they the overtime points. They were ahead of Edmonton. Um, Damn. Uh, And third overall in the league in points. So uh, 10-4-3 Anaheim. Ride the wave right now for all the Ducks fans. Enjoy this. You might not end up making the playoffs, but they have been kind of that team we pointed out to say they're tough to beat. Yeah. And they're a really fun team to watch. And we talk about that call to race. I think Trevor Zegras might just uh be that third name There's by the end of the season that gets mentioned with Raymond Insider. There's another really funny thing that happened in
2: that game. They had Getzlaff mic'd up. And at this one point, like after a play was whistled dead as he was skating around the net, um God, I forget his name. Fer, Fer- uh whoever the fuck Crosby Martin did the Ferivari? thing. Ferivari? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh yeah. Ferivari. Just eats shit and goes into the balls and gets us like whoa! And then like he's back on the bench. He's like, he's like, oh man. That kid just died right now. He's like, I looked at the ref. I was like, yeah, I didn't touch him.
0: <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you guys through the group chat. It's funny as hell. Oh god. Uh for the caps, Garrett, Pylon? Pilon? Pylon? Pilon? If it's Pylon, that's an unfortunate name for a hockey player. Yeah. But he got his first career NHL an goal. Hey, it's Dion. Uh, Tom Wilson scored his fifth. It's Pilon. <laughs> it's
1: Dion the Pilon. There you go. <laughs>
0: Sorry. So yeah, man, things are looking good for the Ducks. And then moving on to Wednesday. I mean, there's three interesting talking points here. We'll go out of order. We'll start off with the least interesting game, and that was that the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Seattle Kraken four to two. Yay! Um, Lol. The Blackhawks are currently hiring a new public relations manager. <laughs> Either of you want the job?
1: <laughs> you can pay me any of the money to deal with that trash fire. Holy crap. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, God. That's ridiculous. I'd apply, but they, they demand four to six years of experience, which uh, you might want more than that to be able to put out this dumpster fire. Uh,
1: what kind of experience, though? That's the question.
0: Oh, God, I don't know. Go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, shout out to Seth Jones, who has twice as many goals as Adam Boakvist with two. Adam Are they both that's on the working power play? That's well for you. <laughs> Are they both on the power play? I feel like they're both on the power play. Probably. Uh, Patrick Kane scored his sixth. Alex Brinkett scored his ninth, and we will continue to sing the praises of Alex DeBrinckit. He also beat the shit out of Yanni Gord. Um, Alex DeBrinckit's the next captain of this team. Yeah. Yeah. If if you make Seth Jones the captain of this team over Alex DeBrinckit, fire your organization into the sun.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Alex DeBrinckit is the face of that organization now and should continue to be. I will continue to stand one Alex DeBrinkle once again showed the best leadership throughout all
2: that shit, even though it wasn't there mm-hmm. for it, literally tried to take responsibility for it. That's a leader. Mm-hmm. Did they ever interview Seth Jones on that by any chance? I heard nothing out of, out of him. I don't recall, so I won't, I won't, yeah, uh, give an opinion on Jones anyway, it, in that matter. Not necessarily Either his way. fault, like that they didn't right. ask him, but yeah. Um, again, I feel like they're probably going to give it to Seth Jones. I really mm-hmm. feel like that's probably going to happen. Um, and it's,
0: not a good call. It's a horrible <laughs> call. Yeah, I didn't see the fight. God damn, I missed all the fights. I'm going to have to catch that. Yeah, it was an interesting fight too. Gore did score in that game. He got his fourth of the year. Jared McCann is sixth. The Kraken are down to 4-11 and 1. Um You know, you can you can look good on paper defensively and with goaltending and uh, at the oh, yeah. end of the day your goaltending shits the bed and uh,
1: I forgot your Boy, prediction. how
0: much of it comes down to coaching with Dave Hackstall? I'm not sure, but if their plan was to not be good this year, you did it, Ron. Yeah. Good job.
1: You fucked up the draft, but you still got what you wanted. It's uh, it's like when you uh, do a math equation, when you have to do a math equation, and someone says, Oh, you're doing it the new way. Uh, you're doing it the old way. You're supposed to do it the new way. I'm like, What fucking new way? It's math. I got the end result the same fucking way. What are you talking about?
0: Still, it's going to be one of the biggest questions. What if, just what if Seattle was willing to play a ball a little bit more and lower their asking prices? What if they took Tarasenko? What if they took Carey Price? Like, just, God.
1: What if they did short division instead of long division?
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Do we want to end with the Canucks or the Kings? I'll leave it up to you, too. Which one do, which one do we Canucks. want to talk about? Probably the Canucks. About the we'll end can, with uh, the Canucks yeah. again? Yeah, that's a bigger right. dumpster so, fire. The this Washington is... Capitals beat the LA Kings 2 to nothing. Uh The Caps, again, I just mentioned how good Ovi and Kuznetsov are. They're 10-2-5 on the year, so the Caps are looking pretty damn good. But aside from the fact that, like, Ilya Samsonov got a shutout, Garnet Hathaway's heating up. He had another two-goal game, his fourth and fifth on the year. Uh, there were two things to talk about about the LA Kings. First and foremost, they're chromed-out buckets which were hideous. Oh yeah, they're just terrible. hideous. I like the jerseys that they have cuz it's Gretzky era and those are nice. If you had to pick though, the silver chrome buckets of the Kings or the gold chrome buckets silver. of the Vegas
2: Golden Knights? I would do the silver one cuz it's less bright. Yeah. And it, and it gives me slightly less will uh to to just go outside and step into traffic. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Crypto.com Arena, what the fuck's that about, by the way? Oh, so you haven't heard? Is that, is heard about that the Staples Crypt? Center? Yes, well, let's go. So I'm going to make it it an NFT of sta- myself pissing on the chrome helmet <laughs> on the front steps of Crypto.com Arena. And then I'm <laughs> going to sell it to on some mood? fucking moron for 25000 <laughs> oh if I can just convince him that it has value when it doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's it's the piss of Sin for the win Productions. Noted oh, Twitch God. streamer, sim for the win.
2: Yeah, once a week Twitch streamer, pissing October,
0: on a bucket. October seventeenth of nineteen ninety nine, the Staples Center opened. It has been known as the Staples Center for the entirety of that time. On Christmas Day, twenty twenty one, after a reported seven hundred million dollar naming rights deal, it will become the Crypto uh, I do believe it was the crypto.com arena. Yes. who, who so. did it?
2: Some some fucking nerd with a,
0: <laughs> a, <laughs> with a, a
2: portfolio Ponzi scheme? With a JPEG. So
0: yeah, so crypto.com. Uh their Wikipedia is like two mini paragraphs. It was founded five years ago in Singapore. Uh, crypto.com is a trademark of blah blah blah. A company incorporated in Malta providing a cryptocurrency cryptocurrency exchange app. Uh, that currently has over 10 million, uh, 10 million users. They, uh, also take up sponsorship deals in F1, uh, Syria, soccer in Italy, UFC, uh, and with the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, crypto.com, Incorporated I get people in naming in it to Malta. Like, we'll call it the Crypt and it'll be not so bad. Like, I get the idea of not getting worked up over naming rights. Like, oh, a lot of people crips. still call the Sky Dome the, the Sky crips. Dome. People will still call it there seawalking sea
2: walking in the building? <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker, we're in L.A., why the hell not? Rolling oh, '60s, man. bitch. Let's go. Bro,
1: you got Coachella Valley Firehawks. You got fucking the crypt. If they don't, if they don't play their games in the fucking crypt, you guys are doing everything wrong, completely. I want holograms of Tupac. I want holograms of Snoop Dogg. I want Spider Man on top of the arena, going around doing circles. I want everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. Like, look, I, I am not one to get, like, super worked up about naming rights of the arenas. Like, we'll still meme Me it either. to death I'll because it's a horrible, horrible name. But at the end of the day, it's a god-awful name. People will still likely call it Staples Center. It's legit. crypto.com Like,
2: that's stupid. Yeah.
0: Go all I out. I mean, it's... So what's worse, crypto.com or jobbing.com arena? Which is what the Coyotes Arena was named uh, for a long I time. it was
1: Joe Bing at first. I was like, oh, it's Jobbing? Oh, okay,
2: cool. Ask
0: no, it's Jobbing, as in, hey, Jeeves find yourself Jeeves a job. Arena.
1: <laughs> ask Jeeves Arena.
0: <laughs> they myself horribly yeah. with that. Oh, the ICQ Arena. <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Why didn't they just Boy, name it, my like, hodl. You thought MySpace was passe. We're going to name this after Friendster. Should
2: have <laughs> named it, like, Shiba, Shiba Inua Arena. <laughs> just go fall out, or like go lazy eight, like, a- oh or whatever the heck it is. Arena, whatever the fuck. Oh my god! It's something Jesus ridiculous.
0: Christ, it's it's awful. Oh, it's it's absolutely was awful. Was one of the ones my that was like,
2: it was like Welcome it was to the like... Future though. The metaverse was... is gonna swallow us. Yeah,
1: what was the yeah, one. Right? That was it like, just an NBA team had like their own like? It was like not like Booster Juice Arena. It was something stupid. Oh, like it's
0: that. the it's the KFC Yum Center. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> What, what what team plays there?
0: What team? In, fa- uh, in fairness, I I don't think a team plays there, but it's in uh it's in Louisville, Kentucky. Of course, it's a Kentucky. Okay. Uh, so that's like what the, their <laughs> basketball <laughs> team plays. <all is. laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. That's cool and topical, at least.
1: Smoothie King Center. That's yeah, what it's it is. a Smoothie
0: King Center for the, the Pelicans fuck? too. <laughs> nice. That kind of oh, sounds cool. Man, Smoothie though. King Center.
3: Oh God. man. That's, anyway, that's yeah. Great. Shout
0: out to shout out to the crypt. Um, And the final game on Wednesday that we wanted to talk about and to wrap up this podcast, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Vancouver Canucks 4-2. Again, another team that's doing okay after the injuries. The Avs at 7-5-1. But the Canucks have had one of the worst starts to a season in a long time. They are 5-10-2 in this particular game. Uh, Rantanen scored his sixth, Makar his third. Landeskog also got his sixth. Uh, Nazem Kadri scored his fifth, and then JT Miller immediately shoved him from behind, face first into the goalpost. Uh, I'm shocked Nazem Kadri wasn't suspended yeah. uh, for getting his own <laughs> face shoved into the goalpost. Uh, incredibly dirty by JT Miller. Um, but this comes from Sportsnet Stats on Twitter. Uh, Canucks allowed the opening goal for the 13th time this season. Out of 17. Which is the most in the <laughs> NHL. Out of 17. Jesus. 13 times they've been scored on first. Um, Connor Garland scored his fourth. Uh, Tucker Pullman, who still should have been suspended, scored his first. Yeah. Asterisk. But in the aftermath of this, right? Because this has been the talking point. Uh, ownership essentially, uh, number one, held a meeting with Jim Benning to essentially try to politic their own fan base, to be like, hey guys, calm down, and essentially uh, also requested local media to tone down the negativity surrounding the team. Uh, And I want to give Rick Dollywall credit uh, on his show Donnie and Dolly. Uh, He went in on Canucks ownership essentially saying, well, how about you give us a product that we can be positive about? We weren't negative when they were going to the Cup in 2011, we weren't negative here and there. Uh, again i that that's how you know like they are in full meltdown yeah it's not just the fans being like oh my god can you just do something like get rid of jim get rid of travis green do something it is now ownership Essentially saying, guys, calm down. Like, I've I've talked with Jim Benning. We, the Aquilinis, we care. I've talked to Jim Benning. And we're trying to, we're we're working through this to get everything back on track. And the media, they're being way too negative. They got to tone it down. We're going to figure it out. Like, that is full meltdown mode. And that is how you know that situation is rough. Is when they're calling out the media for being too negative. They also got boothed. Did you guys see it? <laughs> what happened? D- oh, um, yes, I did. Yes. I did, yes. So, Booth, uh, what is
2: it? Booth's... Oh it's God, not, is he, the, he, um, he changes that because his old account got fucking banned.
0: Yeah, so that's why I don't know the exact, um... Like, I think um, it's Mr. Booth 07 now.
1: Oh, Mr. Bo- yeah, Mr. Booth 07. Yes. What, what
0: Yeah.
3: What
1: he So,
0: um for those who don't know this account it is the greatest troll it's Mr. Booth underscore seven okay um, well at least that was the old one that was the one that was suspended son of a bitch oh, yeah. seven um, is he is a master troll yeah just a master and um, he changed his name to mimic the account of the Canucks owner at least one of them I think it was Francesco Accolini uh, to the point where the owner of the Canucks banned him on Twitter yeah <laughs> It's just like that's that's the only fun that Canucks fans can have right now is knowing that one of their own uh, was able to successfully troll the owner of the team. We ended the last show talking about how bad it was in Vancouver, and somehow it got worse in just a matter of days. Yeah, and for those out there who want to follow this mastermind, it is at
2: Mr. Booth07. That's a zero seven. So there you go. Just looking at it right now. Just confirm. It's just he got barstool with uh with submitting them videos and having like you know how like there's a name up for like whoever submitted the video and they kept saying like really fucking hilarious shit about barstool oh like, yeah like, we, we like su- video submitted by we condone sexual assault or something of that yeah. nature. and they, that was so yeah. wild
1: what a what a fucking legend holy yeah,
0: absolute gee <laughs> I, I love this tweet from. Mr. Booth, actually, and uh, we can end the show on this one. Uh, Asked about the Canucks' struggles, Jim Benning rips open his suit to reveal a t-shirt stating, I'm not going to comment on that right now. Canucks fans, um, you know, some Bruins fans always bring up 2011 to Taunt or whatever. I have no issue with the Canucks. I was uh, somewhat of a Canucks fan once they got rid of Bertuzzi, um, because of guys like the Sedin's and Marcus Naslund and everything like that. And again, if it wasn't the Bruins in 2011, I would have been rooting for the Canucks in that final, most likely. I, I just hope it gets better for you, because this no fan base wants to under like it, it sucks for any fan base to undergo this where it's just pure apathy. Yeah, like please God, just do something. Because, yeah, you were right to have hope and optimism heading into the season that they wouldn't be trash, because they shouldn't be trash. But for one reason or another, they are, and they seem content with the status quo, and everybody else can see it, but ownership, see no evil, hear no evil, say no evil, nothing. Like, we're fine, everything's fine, as the Titanic is going down. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you. But, man, if they haven't done anything now, it's like, how much worse does it have to get? before something happens. And I thought we were at that point already, and nothing's happened. So yep. I don't know what to tell you. So with that, gentlemen, we'll bring this show to a close. I I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed this one. And I'm intrigued to see what will happen this weekend because I'm going to have a lot of research to do. I'm going to be out of town this weekend, so it'll be fun to uh, try and catch up on everything, which means this is going to be the busiest weekend of the season so far in terms of things happening, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to next Monday already. Endo, have you been practicing? Tell the people where they can find you.
1: Uh, at Endo Mills on Twitter. I'm the guy. Uh, on all my social medias, really just go Endo Mills. Uh, that's where I'm at. I stream weekdays 1 to 4-ish, maybe. I don't know. I skipped streaming this week because uh, I haven't really feeling that well. Uh Focus on your mentals, everybody. Make sure those things are good, because once those things go, it's chaos.
0: Sin. Yeah,
2: yeah. you can find me at, on Twitter <laughs> at SinFTWprod, and on YouTube and Twitch at sin for the win productions. And yeah, I do stuff, and I don't have a uh,
0: stuff. something to say after that. All good. Everybody, again, thank you very much for listening and or watching. If you're not subscribed already to You Take Podcast YouTube channel, go check it out. You can watch us in video form if you don't. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be back next week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy some hockey. Unless you're a Canucks fan, just Cut. breathe. Do, do the best you can. Just <laughs> breathe. That's all it is. Just breathe. Uh, we will see you all next week. Goodbye.